0: Welcome back to the Lost Joystick Network, episode 37. You need a lozenge. In a row? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, hey, everybody. Every
1: single week, you guys have been doing this for 37
0: weeks? (laughs) (laughs) That voice you hear is is none other than friend of the podcast, Tyler Wilkin, default gen, from the Collector's Quest podcast, Tyler, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I usually am promoting the show, so I'm happy to be back on the show.
0: Yes, you are. You are easily our number one promoter and fan. You do more promoting of the show than I do. <laughs> so <laughs> I really appreciate it because I try, but I I, I, need, a, I need a social media consultant or something, I think.
1: Sometimes I see you limp over to the Instagram and you're like, Oh, we did a show like five days ago. <laughs> oh, watch it. All right. I'm out again.
0: I do need to be a bit more engaged on social media, and I'm trying, but my, I'll get into all that later. Anyway, also joining us, the other voice that you heard, our friend Jay. Say hello, Jay. Hello.
2: So anticlimactic. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello. So let's, let's start with, with Tyler. Let's start with the guest. H- how have you been? How's your How's your week?
1: Don't ask me. I'm gonna have such a Johnny answer. I've literally been doing nothing. Um, if anything, I've been I've been studying old Play-Doh games, which I could talk about when we get into what I've been playing. But uh, well, this is Playing your time. games is research, is what I've been doing. This me is your and, time. And uh, a couple of collectors quest guys. We have a website in the works. We're gonna try to encourage people to play some old games rather than just watch them on YouTube. Let's go. Just, you know,
0: yeah. Can They'll you play, play a- some
1: old games like Pitfall Two? Literally one of the games I was working on for the website, and I was uh, when I was playing that.
2: So see, that was a better better than a Johnny answer.
1: Yeah, I, I forgot that I also am all like, yeah.
2: What was Johnny saying on the last one? Some shit about hanging out with his kids and his
0: wife.
1: His
2: yeah, kid and his I wife. I know.
0: Still <laughs> wants to hear about your kids. Come it's on. also way better than a J answer usually too. Fuck off. <laughs> I had a good answer last week. You sure did. The best one you've had thus far. I know. So only I, and I've only
2: been on for twenty plus episodes.
0: Yeah, let's let's see how you follow it up, Jay. How's your week been? Oh, swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it's been good. I mean, we had Thanksgiving, so I ended up having Thanksgiving with my family, and then went over to your house and had Thanksgiving again. It's true. God, that stuffing was delicious. The turkey was pretty good too.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Amy and the girls. Pardon my voice. <clears throat> I told you you eat a lozenge. I kind of do. Lozenge! Amy and the girls went to Missouri for Thanksgiving, leaving myself and her 19-year-old son Harrison home for the weekend. So I decided I would have, like, just a Thanksgiving for the two of us and anybody that wanted to come by. So our friend Kyle was planning on it, couldn't make it, no big deal. But I didn't want anybody to have nowhere to go. So I invited a number of people. They all had places to go. I'm glad, you know. Like I said, good, good for them. I had everywhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> he was outside the front door with like a, a mooching sack. Like I had a fork tur- with me. The turkey done yet? He has his own fork. He keeps in like a bag. Shit's they, say, they, they say he carved it from a bigger fork. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> so I, I smoked a turkey. And, and Amy's mom makes this stuffing that she makes every year. It's like a cornbread stuffing. They put like chunks of sausage and stuff. And I baked that. I've smoked some mac and cheese and, you know, made rolls and mashed potatoes and all that stuff. And we had standard. Dude, you you
2: made enough food for like 30 people and it was you and Harrison.
0: Yeah, I know. I was, you don't know how many people are going to show up. You don't know. And Hey, look, here's the deal. You get the I don't even think you cared. I
2: don't even think you invited anybody. I think you were just like, Hey, if you want to come over, go ahead. But you were like, (laughs) I'm going to make a fucking giant turkey. In 47 pounds of different potatoes. <laughs> you had mashed potatoes, cheesy potatoes, yep. two trays of mac and cheese, rolls, yeah. gravy, a yeah. turkey. Yeah. I think there was a ham sitting off of the side. A couple of pumpkin pies or
0: something. Eclairs. Yeah. Cookies. Yeah. You had cookies made. We balled out. We did. They were custom cookies. They were great. It's ridiculous. And I, I will say, I made two trays of mac and cheese for, for two reasons. Number one, if you smoke like on a smoker right like if you're smoking meat or or food once you get it going it's kind of like well why don't i just throw something else up there because you maybe have another tray or the thing's going to burn for 12 hours or whatever it is so i'm like let me toss two of these bad boys up there because my friend jay is probably going to come over tonight and him and his wife heather love it and i'm going to send them home with one
2: yep and i did yep and a whole tub of turkey i'd like to welcome tyler to the cooking hour (laughs) yeah
1: exactly
2: (laughs) Hey, Tyler, fine. how was your turkey?
1: Great. I actually, I spent the last three weeks of my life trying to get invited over my friend's Thanksgiving dinner, who I usually go to. So I literally, I didn't make Thanksgiving plans because I usually go over my friend's house. But it turned out he was going out of state for Thanksgiving instead this year. So, so what? like, I couldn't confront him directly. If I go to him, I'm like, <laughs> right. hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Is it like, <laughs> is this the year I don't get invited? Like, I can't be too forward about it. No. So I, and nudged towards the topic without directly ever approaching it. So I just never knew if I was going to be invited for Thanksgiving dinner. So anyway, I ended up home having Chinese food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel bad I didn't invite you. Yeah, you could have made a trip I, to Michigan. I would
1: have, <laughs> your Thanksgiving sounds amazing. It was. Like, I'll have all those potatoes. Come on.
0: We, it was fantastic. And I think Jay can attest to the quality of the food as well. It was yeah, quite it good. was pretty good. It was, it was, that was the best turkey I've ever made. That turkey was delicious. It was really, really good. Brined it, pat it on the smoker, took it off the perfect time. That thing just kind of, it was just amazing. I don't even really like turkey. And I was like, this that is pretty good. It was just fantastic. So, so why don't you ask me, ask me, Jay, that question. I was going to finish talking about turkey and potatoes. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. There was a lot of food. We should talk more about it. We should. Go ahead. No, I'm joking. How about you? How was your uh, weeks? Jay, my week was fucking great. <laughs> okay. Work sucked. I had to buy a new HVAC system for the house, including air conditioner, because the old one has died. Got the fucking ambulance driving around town. We had a really weird day. I had to stop over to Kyle's for something and come back. And on the way back here, it was just a very a lot of odd things happening all once. But I had I had one of the best weeks I've had in a long time. Do tell.
1: No elaboration?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I you, was want, you want to give us a little uh, more? look? I'm
2: just waiting for somebody to ask. Hey, that was the dramatic pause. The dramatic pause. Yes, thank you, Tyler.
0: I know that in general, maybe not a lot of sports fans, and I know sports talk is probably pretty boring for a lot of people
2: You know, tuning in and listening. Oh, we've already fucking buried this episode
0: anyway since we've been talking about food for the last 20 minutes. No one's tuning in and listening either. So no one's. Yeah, they, That's exactly right. Thank you for saying that. Michigan beat Ohio State in Ohio Stadium by three touchdowns, and they hammered them. It was the first time that they had beat them there. Since Tyler was probably eight years old, I think it was twenty-two years ago. Am I right, Tyler?
1: I think I'm thirty-three. You're thirty-three,
0: so eleven. You were eleven years old the last time Michigan beat Ohio State in Ohio, in Ohio Stadium. He knew that. I'm sure he was. He, very oh yeah, concerned. I'm sure he was really into it. Yeah, and and Michigan dropped bomb after bomb, through haymaker after haymaker in a undefeated number two versus three number three matchup, and blew them out blew their doors off and left them all crying to their mom and i get to revel in it because this saturday i'll be going to the big 10 championship game again again no last year two years in a row this year they will be playing purdue in indianapolis and i will be there so if you're in indianapolis this weekend look me up i'll be drunk and screaming at a football field but anyway enough about all that i know nobody really cares about sports but i had to say it because fucking hey that was a great day <laughs> are, are we going to talk about some some car some auto repair now <laughs> maybe i don't I know, change it's... the old timing chain you know yeah the belt on there the, your differentials all dirty you know like your serpentine belt needs to be replaced anyway so enough about all that
2: tyler you got any other uh, old man adulty stuff we should talk about <laughs> if anybody does
1: uh, i uh the thing that squirts water on my windshield doesn't work if mike wants to come over and fix it <laughs>
2: yeah, there we go <laughs> <laughs> you can bring him some
0: turkey are you talking about Ava? In a
2: michigan shirt <laughs> Oh,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll just bring you some turkey and a shirt. I'll show up with a Michigan shirt. So anyway, uh, so enough about all that. So I think it's time for the collecting segment. Uh, collecting segment started off right with uh, our friend from YouTube there.
3: I'm sorry, what
0: <laughs> Tyler? Did you see the uh, Ms. Kiff, whatever that guy's name was, video? You had to, oh have, yeah, right? yeah, oh yeah,
3: Every, Kift yeah,
1: down with the stupid video games. Oh, that was amazing.
0: It was, it was just great. So, I kind of, I kind of, we, we might have captured a couple of those sounds and incorporated them into the soundboard here. So, just a just a heads up on that one, but but uh, so let's let's start with you, Tyler. What have you What have you been buying?
1: You're catching me at a weird time because I I'm not getting anything exciting. the The most recent thing I got in was a package from England. I bought a bunch of Amiga games, uh, mostly because I wanted some early first person shooters because uh, I'm working on that part of uh, the website I'm working on right now. Uh, so I got games like Robocop 3 and Corporation, which are two first-person shooters that came before Wolfenstein 3D that no one has ever played ever. <laughs> um, but I already talked about those. Let me talk about some that uh, maybe you'll be more interested in because I've never talked about the games I'm about to talk about.
0: Don't uh, imply that that's not from... interesting. First of all, but what, what? Nothing. I said. I said. Don't imply that that's not interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got. One pound. So, first of all, if you guys aren't buying, I mean, all right, first of all, you have to be interested in old computer games. But if you're not buying your old computer games from retrogames.co.uk, a lot of the times he's cheaper than eBay and he has a ton of stock and he gets new stock in all the time. And every single time you click one of his listings, he has like 10,000 games in stock at all times. And it's all like cassette tapes for like ZX Spectrum and Commodore. Yeah. But you click it. And he knows what it is. He knows which variant it is. And he usually tells you if it's rare or not. Oh. Um, it's just like a super huge wealth of knowledge. And if you just want to load up on Dollar Bin Games, it's the place to go. This episode sponsored by Jason <laughs> at RetroGames.co.uk. A guy I don't know, but I'm calling by his first name.
0: Uh, <laughs> I will be patronizing that site most certainly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that site, they'll ship to the U.S. as well. It's mega expensive, but... Uh, it's it's still cheaper than going through a proxy most of the time.
2: Should awesome. we talk about Red the Game Shark too while we're at it?
1: Uh, no. Yeah. Also, get Red the Game Shark. You know, Red the Game Shark. Is he listening to this show?
2: I doubt it. I but don't, go, go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the last two things I've asked for, he wasn't able to find for me. Red. All right,
0: yeah. Come on. What's the deal, man? When you you can't be cheap, cheap games if you're not getting us the games. Okay. Yeah. Then you're just red.
1: Uh, he could. I mean, for the stuff that you're gonna ask him for, like not not you personally cuz i know you're going to go straight to japan but uh, <laughs> like he'll he'll find you anything for any nintendo console i'm sure i'm asking him for like the dumbest bullshit
0: that's that is uh yeah i've seen what that guy has and i see like i'm just like okay like <laughs> what 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 does he need really like nothing right i, I don't know so Anyway,
1: you know what uh, Red is really good at? He uh, so there's a lot of drop shippers in Japan. They'll just be these accounts on both eBay and Yahoo. Yeah. And they'll just be listings that are somewhere else on the internet and they'll double the price. So when you buy that, they'll drop ship it to you from the original listing. So there was a $100 game on Yahoo, which I know and it was from a reseller. So you click their account and you see like all their pictures have different backgrounds. And yeah. It's like, "Oh, this guy definitely doesn't own what he's selling. No, I need to find the real guy to get this for half the price. Um, so whenever I find a listing like that, uh, first I, I like go through Google, I go through like reverse image search, and I never find it. And then I go to Chris, read the Game Shark, and I'm like, "Hey, you're a genius. Go find this for me." And sometimes he could find it.
0: He's so, uh, he's the sleuth.
1: Yeah, that's what I try. I try to get him to go through <laughs> Japanese internet for me.
0: No, <laughs> I wish I had a guy um, like that. I need a I need a Japanese internet guy. Aren't, aren't you that guy God, Read
1: the game show. what are you talking about you don't oh you're right
0: guy. i do or you just right.
1: come to me but i'm not that <laughs> good at it <laughs> yeah.
0: you, you realize the guy
2: that's telling you this is the guy that has cases of super famicom games yeah, like I mean, hundreds not like i'm trying to figure out when he's going to complete his super famicom
0: sign. that's not impressive <laughs> no, i'm not <laughs> first of all i'm not okay but if you need some derby stealing i got gotcha. you i'm your guy yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you know, you could have like a thousand super famicom games like phew, man i'm i'm nowhere there's yeah. all the expensive rare stuff is left
0: well i i've seriously i know i mentioned this before but i seriously considered like just putting like a box of them on marketplace because i'm never going to get rid of these things unless i give them away or like i can find somebody to give me like a hundred dollars for a hundred of these games boxed games right <laughs> they're 30 years old cardboard boxes and nobody wants them i'm just like okay this is gonna be a test right now.
1: I'll just take every I'll take like every single game I don't have because I don't buy lots. I buy everything individually So when you tell me like oh all the Derby stalling games all this crap I can't get rid of like I'm not buying that so if you let me like pick the nicest ones like
0: yeah, sure you come on over You should have come over for Thanksgiving you could have picked out as many as you wanted. <laughs> and I ate some smoked turkey. <laughs> That's right uh, Any are you buying anything else?
1: Yeah, i didn't so i was gonna tell you one game i bought well actually i already told you two but um from the dollar bin at retro games i was going through looking for something interesting because there's always like these little horror games i pick up anything with like a fun cover because mm-hmm. they're all like a pound for like some of this garbage i picked up head coach by addictive um which is like a they're a, like a low budget computer game company but it is an american football management game a trainer like a management game. Yeah. The- First American football management game? <laughs> it would be very funny if that was a European game.
0: <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, that is that would be such an odd fit. Like, first of all, I couldn't tell you what the first one would be in America, right? Like, the the Madden, you know, where you're the head, whatever they call that, where you're the head coach and you call the plays, but you don't actually, like, play the game. That's essentially what you're doing here. Like the head coach, like they have them. There's a lot of um, soccer games like that, right? They have a lot of like soccer trainers and and uh, yeah. and, and you're because
1: essentially that's a big, it's a big genre in Europe, yes. like uh, Premier Manager.
0: Yeah, Manager. Uh, that's what it is. It's a big Manager yeah. game, and it, it's yeah. not not it doesn't really uh, resonate over here as much. I don't think
1: we don't like boring games. We like shooting people and murdering them.
0: That's 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 true. I mean, that's very true. Unfortunately, all across people the country, must look
1: at America and be like, oh yeah. They're not going to do spreadsheets. Those guys just like the guns and killing people. No,
0: That's exactly. They just want doom. That's all they want. Right. That's that's it. So. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else?
1: Uh, that's it. I just wanted to tell you that because you're the football man.
0: Yeah, I am the, today I am the football man. I was the football man on Saturday for sure. <laughs> 4523, everybody. Anyway, Jay, what do you what have you been buying? You buy anything? What do you think? No, no, no. Actually, yeah, I did.
2: That's still my favorite spot that's my favorite clip
0: it can be used at, the thing is i don't like to use it that much but if i only use it when you buy something i'm not using it that much hey this is two two episodes in a row now yeah i know okay. no games no oh okay good. no games. okay good
2: i think any games no games so i'm playing cowabunga collection still yeah you said you bought something else though yeah i got a couple records actually i've by proxy for you from you oh that's right so because they had the deal going on at walmart so i oh, got a bunch of a yeah. bunch of walmart specials that's right that's right that's right oh. i forgot about that i should
0: probably write that on my list here real quick oh yeah you got like i don't lot. have that much here to talk about honestly i'm surprised i really don't just the new
2: arcade cabinet you got
0: i got none liar. don't do that liar don't don't tease because i don't lying. i don't listen to him folks he's lying he is lying i am not yeah you are am i yeah you swear yeah you liar <laughs> i do swear a lot what the fuck
2: so that's it but i'm yeah i just i picked up some records so. which ones uh well i got master puppets metallica master puppets yep um led zeppelin two no led zeppelin one yep uh led zeppelin house of the holy prince 1999
0: i'm missing one i don't oh, know Oh, pearl jam rearview mirror Oh, yes. The Greatest Hits the album. The Greatest Hits. And then we got... And it was all the greatest. What was the other one? We gave one to Deegan. Got one to Deegan.
2: Yeah, you got uh, a couple copies of Black Parade. Ah, Harrison yes. got one. That's and, right. Uh, Deegan got one. That's right. So... I need to pay you for that stuff. Yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, well.
0: So is, That's really all I got, though. I didn't really get anything right. else. So, what about you? Well, that kind of leads me into that with me, right? So Your, your stand-up arcade? Yeah. yeah yes. the st- <laughs> Please stop. The... So Walmart had this big like clearance. It was like this pre Black Friday deal where they sold every vinyl record they had in store for fifteen dollars. Whether it was list price 27 twenty seven forty seven, it didn't matter.
2: You know they had to blow all those out, make room for dell thirty one.
0: Yeah, I saw it. Okay. Yeah. No. Did you see that actually? Yeah, well, that's what was left. That was what was left. Yeah, was what was was left. But they had a ton of stuff, and my friend owns a record store, so at fifteen dollars a pop. That's less than he gets them for, like Who's wholesale. the owns a record store. Jerry Crago, owner well, of Jack's, Jack's record, record Stash. You have the sweatshirt for those watching right now that wearing the sweatshirt on the live stream here. Stash, but he is literally right downstairs and on the corner, about a half a block from where I am. If you, if that. But I know Jerry. His over, you know, it costs him more from a wholesaler sometimes to get those records. So I went in. I'm like, I don't remember what day it was. I whatever day I found out about it, and I went and bought like 25 records. And I, none of them are really for me. Like, a lot of them are for Jerry or yourself or Harrison wanted a couple. I don't think I even kept any. I found a Taylor Swift record for Scarlet. I think it was Red. And then I, I kept none. And now, Jerry didn't necessarily want all of them because it was Black Friday. And he had a bunch of very, like, new hard to stuff store and day and- Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. So I still have some of them. But those are the kind of records that I'll just set on the shelf. And then, like, in two years, they'll be worth five times what i paid for them and i'll oh, yeah. just sell them then yeah. so yeah a lot of stuff like you mentioned like metallica and led zeppelin the things that people always seem to you know, want fleetwood mac rumors was in there and yeah. stuff like that so but you guys that uh that tyler record's already worth something isn't it i mean not a ton but it's worth more than 15 bucks e- igor yeah yeah i'm sure it is yeah. i mean right now it's not because everybody's you know how it is when you flood oh, well, the market yeah, $15. everybody went, everybody ran to walmart and bought them all and now they're like i want to get rich online it's like no dude you wait six months to a year and then you sell them <laughs> don't do it now you dumbass Anyway, everybody's flooding the market. But anyway, enough about all that. Well, that's good. Well, it, you know, I mentioned record store day. Yeah. Jerry, the Black Friday is also was it's record store Black Friday, whatever they call it, right? So, for those aren't that aren't familiar, record store day, they they put out all these limited releases for nerds to go stand in line for that they can then in turn flip on the internet or whatever. But I, <laughs> I, I went there. I think I showed up at around. Noon. You know the, the store opened at eight. I don't go and stand in line for that stuff much anymore, unless there's something really compelling, and there really wasn't. So, you know, I I went in around noon, saw Jerry, and picked up a few used records that he had gotten from a friend as part of the release. A good friend of his had said, "Come over. I'm getting rid of a bunch of things." Jerry went over there and wound up coming back with like six boxes worth of great stuff. So, I wound up getting Most Def's uh, Black on Both Sides, an original mm-hmm. press of that. That's I got nice. Pac Man Fever, so a, a picture disc that had never been opened, sealed. Pac-Man Fever, that's right, the banger. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got NoFX Punk and Drublick. It was the Green Press from, like, 2010. So our friend John is a big NoFX fan. uh, You know, uh, he may be interested in my black copy. I may talk to him about that. There you go. So I don't know. And then, other than that, for those watching the live stream, this Atari video computer system here, just a four-switch, though, Tyler. I'm sorry. It's not... It's not an early release, it's not a six switch, it's not a heavy sixer or any of that stuff. But
1: first print guys, you gotta look on the front of the box for the the chess night. That's how you know it's first print.
0: Yeah. Well this uh, one's this not because one has it has a, a had to f-
1: remove it because people complained there was no chess game on Atari.
0: Yep. And and this one doesn't this one is not it because it has a four switch console in the picture. So it cannot be it. <laughs> but the uh went and picked this up from our friend kyle so i could have it set up for the show and i i went up opening it up and it had the the guy who owned the store prior had the the receipt for the buyback that he did on it was still in there he had bought it for 70 dollars in 2012 he bought a boxed atari 2600 for 70 dollars does that seem high to you tyler
1: a store to buy it for that, yeah. Yeah,
0: 10 years ago, <laughs>
1: especially in 2012. Yeah,
0: I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, that is a lot of money. Now, that being said, I opened it up and it was basically brand new inside. It still has the cardboard for the you know, the paddles, the controllers. The the AC adapter was still in the original box. The Atari With the bubble like, wrap in the box, the bubble wrap, the, every everything in there was still in their packaged, like it was it was not new, it had obviously been used very, very lightly. But I was just like, wow, this is nice. But still, 70 bucks for a boxed Atari 10 years ago? I'm like, I would have thought 15 or $20. It just yeah. seemed absurdly high to me. So, anyway, I'm going to buy that from Kyle. So, I've decided I'm keeping it. Yeah. And let's see what else. I bought a couple of Switch games. So, yeah. I, I bought uh, Pokemon Scarlet. So, uh, I don't know if Gengar's in that one. I believe that is your favorite Pokemon, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Tyler. Is that right?
1: I know. Mine's Alakazam.
0: Alakazam. Okay, yeah. Who is this Gengar? I can't remember. Yeah, that's right. I remember you. The oh, psychic. I was, mine. Okay. You're, yeah. Shut I up. Have no idea. Shut who up, those guys. Are. This,
1: See, I thought you were talking to Jay. I'm like, Jay doesn't know. Yeah. Jay guy. doesn't
0: know what, the, what a Gengar is. <laughs> Tyler even knows. I don't know. He doesn't know be. what a Haunter would be or any of that crap. What's a stage one evolution? So yeah, I forgot your psychic guy. I forgot about that. So, uh, but yeah. So I got Pokemon Scarlet. I've been playing it a little bit. It, people, man, people have been shitting all over this game on the internet. Holy smokes. They're like, the Breath of the Wild got made five years ago, and it looks a million times better. It's this and that. I'm like, I look at it, and I'm go, you're right, okay? It's still a fun game to play, I think. I don't know. You know, like, I don't I, I don't know. So I can't <laughs> get in.
1: Complain. It's the internet. Come on. I know. I, also, but- I'm right there with them. Fuck off with Game Freak. and it. Pokemon is, like, the biggest thing on planet Earth. Every release should be, like, this earth-shattering moment. You look at God of War Ragnarok, and it's like, oh, my God. It looks like 400 people just put their heart and souls into this thing, this product for four years of their lives to make this 200 million dollar amazing piece of art. And then you look at Pokemon; they're like, "Yeah, we copy pasted the last one and just looks like <laughs> fucking shit." It might not it even have all the monsters. Have fun. Also, you have to buy it fucking twice.
0: Yes, yeah, they're really. I have to. I have to agree with you because they are really milking the market here. There are constantly two releases at once and it does not seem like there's a lot of effort put in from a development perspective i have to agree with that so anyway point well taken
2: (laughs) so is there a pokemon a pokemon scarlet and
0: pokemon scarlet violet right is the other one violet and scarlet isn't that what it is anybody Oh, you, I don't know. I you don't know. Don't know. <laughs> you're like I'm too busy over here shitting all over I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it can suck it for all I care. So because I mean, i'm in there, definitely
1: the cooler name. That's going to be the one that sells more.
0: Well, I had to pick Scarlet because that is also Amy's middle daughter's name. So I would have gotten in trouble if I would have bought the other one. And I believe it is Violet. I I I can't remember. So anyway,
2: you should have bought the Violet and told her to change Scarlet's name to Violet.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I got this new Pokemon game that sucks and it's trash, and they haven't changed development in 15 years for the Switch somehow. But if you just change your daughter's name, that'd be cool. <laughs> and she's like, All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'll never I'll, know, I'll, know. Never I'll know unless you ask. Still a chance. What's that? Side? I'm sorry. I let's a name. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, all right. And I bought one other thing that I can remember. Actually, two, I should say. One other thing I bought was I bought a cassette tape, Operation Ivy. Cassette tape, on um, Lookout Records. One look of out. one of the most influential punk rock albums of all time, I would say.
1: I, was I think ask That might if be if a big jump, like a Commodore sixty four game.
0: I wish it was honestly. <laughs> that would be useful. No, I'm kidding. It's a Commodore sixty four punk rock tape. I, I, you. That's fine. I mean, if you don't agree, it's cool. I, it's fine. But, no, it's good. I, I, I'm
2: I, joking. It's good. It actually, that, is really
0: good. Grabbed that from Jerry today, as a matter of fact. And uh, and then the last thing I bought was Atari fifty on the switch Tyler have you played that yet
1: I have not I kind of want to but uh I have so many ways to play Atari games so So, I'm not really like
0: here's the deal it was $30 for just like the standard edition which I know is the peasant surf version of it right but I bought it for 30 bucks because man there is some really cool stuff on there there's videos there's like internal documents that they talk about like the development of millipede and, and and centipede and all this just all these cool things and then they have modernized versions of the game so like we played a lot of yar's revenge and yar's revenge 2022 or whatever they called it and it's actually a lot that of fun game was a banger i really really enjoyed it and i agree with you like i don't need it to play atari games right but the just kind of the history that's baked into it and how, the interface is actually very very good I really enjoyed it. I don't know who did that. I think that they've done a number of these collections. I can't remember who it is, but um, Digital Chris Expressions. Chris
1: always pumping that on his Twitter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it. He works for. Yeah. Well, yeah. Surprise. So, probably that would make perfect sense. But they really did do a good job. And I would say it's worth. 30 bucks to check out it's it's really a lot of fun so oh, yeah for sure it was neat. they give you the history you you go like prototype games they give you the history of the, the pinball their giant wide ass pinball machines and all that stuff that failed and you know the guy goes into all this history hey, ball, you're like, telling
1: me they got pinball history on atari 50 now you got my interest yeah so i knew
0: that mike it's true it's the. and it, you know what it's oddball pinball stuff too yeah it's weird stuff where they're like, the they have this gigantic, I forget what it's called, but they have this gigantic one that you used a cue ball instead of a pinball that they sold.
1: Yeah, Hercules.
0: Hercules, that's what it is. Yeah, that's right.
1: The only working ones is in North Carolina. Yeah.
0: Uh, what's the only working one is in North Carolina?
1: Oh no, one of the only working ones. Oh, I see. Usually they're not working. There's places that get them and they they're just so hard to maintain, they just get them as like a prop. And they're like, yeah, you can't play it because we can't maintain it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, I can see why. (laughs) So there are no parts. I mean, there's probably plenty of cue balls out there you can use. But other than that, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, there is there is pinball history on there. It is actually very interesting stuff. The interface is very cool, and I really enjoyed it. We played Yars' Revenge, just the classic Yars' Revenge. I was crushing it, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I that was always one of my favorite Atari games, right? So i just
2: haunted house remake wasn't bad i mean the game isn't good anyways but which one
0: haunted house one the haunted house one was was weird because it was more of like a third person perspective where you're the eyeballs and then all of a sudden like that thing came out and was like coming right at you I was like oh my god it kind of scared the crap out of me (laughs) i was not expecting it so i got jump scared by an atari remake
2: (laughs) oh what was the game tyler would be thrilled about we were playing oh uh minor 2049er Tyler oh hell yeah we played that shit for like three
0: hours I I feel like we played minor 2049er for a long time we were like fuck this game okay let's go again (laughs) it was we played minor 2049er to death it was it's on there and it was it was a ton of fun so yeah I
2: don't even know why we stopped
0: Uh, because we had to do the show tonight oh yeah also because of Thanksgiving and the football game oh yeah and because you know you suck
2: did I have the high score
0: on that no Mm, I don't remember now It's still there That's also the cool part It keeps your scores Like it will actually Keep your scores in the game So like you You achieve something And then you can Go back and it actually saves it So you can't really do that With an Atari game right I mean come on So <laughs> We got bots and you now in play chat play
1: With that fucking joystick Which is a
0: nightmare Oh win, win. My god <laughs> Man Now I got one more thing To talk about Before we actually start the show We're 34 minutes in here Oh that shit ain't written down You ain't talking about it It's right there where right there lies you can see it and you know you can
2: see oh it. i can't
0: see it yeah i remember that so it on there? yeah it's on here it's ready to go oh i'll be damned our friend jackson keebler from the two consoles too late podcast has left us another message you want to hear it what do you guys think you guys want to hear it yeah yeah nobody said anything i'm playing anyway i want to hear it all right he cracks me up
3: hey guys it's jackson keebler from the two consoles too late podcast Thanks for the props in your podcast. The last episode was really good. I've never played Pit Fighter, but now I really want to play it because it sounds so horrible. I just came uh, across a copy of Dr. Chaos at work, and I thought of you guys. But anyway, just thanks for the props and keep up the good work.
2: That was nice. I like how he stressed I mean, his last name because he's like, yeah. So Jay fucked it up last time. It was it was both of us. <laughs> I
0: did it pretty bad though. Yeah, but is anyway.
1: Jackson Keebler. So I, he's actually a collector's quest patron. I he, get his name is. wrong, I guess. Yep. So maybe he was hoping I heard that too.
0: Yeah. Well, guess what? Good news, Jackson. We all know how to say your name now. He said it's Keebler like the cookie is what he said in the title of the voicemail. So, and you or anybody out there listening. Can leave us a voicemail just like Jackson Keebler from the Two Consoles Too Late podcast by going to Anchor FM forward slash Lost Joystick Network. That's yes. right. And we'll play it on the air, no matter how lewd and illicit it is. <laughs> we'll play it, maybe live. Well, I guess I can't do it live. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just do yeah. it live. So, yeah, I, I noticed that he was in the, uh, the, pod, the uh, Discord there today. I was like, oh, there's, there's Jackson Keebler right there. So I don't know what he does, but he obviously works at a store that distributes old games or something. I don't know if you follow him on on like Instagram, but he's always like, "Here's a stack of expensive Nintendo games. Who would spend this much money for this stuff?" And then they're like always in like this bin, like a bin that you'd have like at a warehouse that you'd like have come down like a roller or something. I don't know. So I don't we should
2: know. ask him what he does. I'd say, to me, I I assumed he was like an IT type guy. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean,
1: that's the dream for me is to just have a warehouse full of bins where I could just like pull stuff out because like I don't have room for shelves and all this. I just need like a good warehouse. Yes, where everything's organized. C- correct. I and just, I like take a little bin out and take a picture for Instagram. Put it back for the next eight years, and not look at it.
0: I completely agree, and I need those roller things <laughs> that the bins roll on, right? These, just like they come down, like through the chute. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, yeah, the I the metal, completely... like expandable ones where you can yeah. slide it down. I, maybe we, you know what, we need to work on this. We maybe we need to buy a warehouse, and then we can hire some employees to categorize and just uh, dis- you know, like distribute individual games for our Instagram journeys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the dream. If I was idle rich, you just hire someone to do. Yeah, you're my Instagram manager. Yep. Take pictures of all my coolest games. So here, yeah,
0: your job is to manage the warehouse. Your job is to post the pictures. I need you to write the hashtags. You got three guys, like a whole crew, like, and they're all like sitting there with their notepads, like, okay, like you're going kind of, to be my internet guy with a notepad. You should at least have an iPad or something. Is that
2: kind of like how uh, Snoop has his little guy that rolls his joints for him? Yeah. So if they I had, have the same thing.
0: If I had, like, my own, like, joint roller guy money, this is what I would do it as well. I think this, this, I'm, I'm in, man. Like, go visit it, you know, like a little vault. You got to, we have to have, like, the, the you know, the, the nuclear codes or keys to get in. You can't just walk into that place. Where you both have to have keys, and you put them at the same time. Exactly. You got to look at each other and count yeah. it out. And, like, if you turn it at the wrong time, the security system goes off. Yeah, we got security, too. <laughs> God. Oh, anyway. All right. So, now that we're five hours into the show. Off the rails i think it's time to get to the show topic yeah sure tyler do you want to tell the people what the show topic is guys it's pitfall 2
1: originally for the atari 2600
0: the lost one of the best
1: games of all time
0: i'm not going to tell you what i think yet (laughs) but i'm leaning in that direction (laughs) i'm leaning in that direction all right
2: (laughs) <laughs> Jake, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering what Tyler's score is going to
0: be here when we get to our game ratings. Oh, let's find out. We'll I, find I out. I got a pretty good idea we'll fi- Hey, listen. Don't jump to any conclusions, okay? Let's, let's slow down. Let it breathe for a second. We need to jump to conclusions, Matt. I, maybe we need to make one. I'll get a prototype. Who was that from? Office space. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it's office space. We're going to focus on the Atari 2600 version. We'll talk about the other versions, and there are, ne- there are many. Yes. Many more than I ever even knew before i started researching this jay when did this game come out for the atari 2600 it came out in north america february 10th
2: 1984 that is correct it is that's correct i know because it's in the notes here Uh, (laughs) right in front of me so uh yeah you want me to tell you a little bit about the gameplay you can talk about the story
0: oh there's all kinds of information i
2: know that's why i was like i'll do the gameplay you can read the story
0: Yeah, you go ahead. I'll add color. You start Ah. there, and then I'll add the color. I'll be the play by play. You'll be the color guy. That's exactly right. Yes, that is. You You are correct. And also, Tyler will be here. Oh yeah, that's right. Did you give him the notes? (laughs) No. You want me to share the notes over to you right now, Tyler?
1: No, I'm winging it. I'm good. You're winging it.
0: I can. I can send them. Living the LJN dream. (laughs) I'm gonna do it. I'm sending them over.
2: Okay. Well, you're
0: sending those. Stop me.
2: I'm gonna read the the gameplay on it. So it is a sequel to Activision's 1982 hit, Pitfall, which
0: I'm sure people know what Pitfall is. Now, Jay, if I were to ask you, on the best-selling games of all time for the Atari 2600, where do you think the original, not Pitfall 2, the original Pitfall would land?
2: How many games am I picking from?
0: Top, just all time? All of them. All of them. Best-selling games of all time on the Atari. And I will tell you, number one, Pac-Man. I believe the story is they, they made more Pac-Man cartridges than there were Atari 2600 consoles made. So it's it not number one. I'm going to say six. It is not six. It is two. Oh. The original Pitfall by Activision, second best selling Atari game for the 2600 of all time. Second best Pitfall game of all time. It is also that. Although we'll get into the reception later. Okay. But not about that game. Anyway, what else you got? Oh, yeah. So
2: it's an action-adventure platform, of course. Uh, it's starring Pitfall Harry. Yes, the protagonist of the original. Yes. Yep. His niece, Rhonda. Yes. And his cowardly mountain lion, Quick Claw. I wondered what the fuck that dude was twitching so much for.
0: <laughs> I thought he had a crack habit. He, he, he looks like he's very active. <laughs> he's very active. Yes. So. so the funny part about that is those characters were derived from... A cartoon series, so Pitfall, right? Like Atari blows up, the yeah. whole world is like, oh, the, the video games are amazing. All of a sudden, it's just like this huge deal, right? So they, of course you have to you know, have to capitalize and and make a cartoon, a terrible cartoon, in serial, and, right? Sure, marketing. They did that with Nintendo. Everything, yeah. Saturday Supercade was the cartoon, and it included hits such as Donkey Kong, Frogger, Qbert, Space Ace, and Pitfall. Mm-hmm. And the Adventures in Pitfall. Were, were all derived around Pitfall Harry, his niece Rhonda, and this cowardly mountain lion Quick Claw, which was a total ripoff of the 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 cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz.
2: I don't remember the cowardly lion from The Wizard
0: public of Oz domain having domain a crack domain. problem. <laughs> what's that title?
1: Public domain. We're good.
0: Yes, exactly. Is it public
1: <laughs> domain? I have no
0: idea. <laughs> I'm sure. It better be. I don't know. what's That movie's 80, 90 years old now most or whatever it is. 85, 85, yeah, whatever. I think it was 39. Anyway, so
2: yeah, SuperCade we did we did miss that. SuperCade was only around from eighty three to eighty
0: four. Well, there's a good reason for that, Jay. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Great Video Game Crash of nineteen eighty three? I am now. It's a thing. So yeah. Anyway,
2: I was thinking it was quick loss cocaine ha- or crack habit. <laughs>
0: it was the eighties man. They into the ground. <laughs> they were all on cocaine. That they're all. That's another thing about the Atari fifty. They talk about like. I don't want to spoil it but they talk about the drug use there's a video where they interview some of the people that were around there back then and like the drug use and one guy's like there was no drug use in my department i don't anything about it and the other guy's like yeah we smoked pot in the hallway and then this german guy showed up and got mad so we sent him to a different department (laughs) like it was great anyway all right at its core the game is a platformer and it scrolls horizontally like it through a flip screen right so it's a a page screen whatever you call that right oh yeah yeah from a screen to a screen to screen over now that being said, it goes down as well. And it's more of a um scrolling platformer down. It's not a single like page of a screen. It's imagine you have like eight long, tall levels, It'll essentially. Keep
2: moving. It moves fluid when you go down. Correct. Where when you're moving across or vertically, yeah. it you have to pause it you get pauses to the end the, and scrolls to the next page. Yep.
0: You get to the end of the you get to the end of the screen and it flips over and you're back to the left side. You yes. go over to the right side, right? So it doesn't scroll, it's just yep. a you know flip screen, whatever you want to call it. And it kind of plays like this one huge interconnected level. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it right here in front of me, but I think it is, the columns are 27 rows deep or whatever. It's eight pages across. I think across, that sounds right. Eight across, 27 down or something like that. That is a huge Atari 2600 game. Like most Atari 2600 games are like Stampede or Kaboom or Enduro. All of which I think are Activision games, but neither are there. I can't remember what Stampede is, but whatever. But it's like, they're all like one pages, Enduro or Dragster, where it's like, okay, only the car is moving or in the lines around the car. Yeah. This, this game, you're, you're running around as Pitfall Harry, constantly talking about somebody else on something. That guy he has the best cardio routine of anybody I've ever seen. He's always running, constantly. So, but it, it's, it's just kind of this amazingly large game to me, like for, for something like Atari. So...
1: Can I I blow your mind here? Because I agree, Pitfall 2 definitely feels like the biggest Atari game, but Pitfall 1, if you had stacked Pitfall 2's screens side-by-side, Pitfall 1 is actually bigger than Pitfall 2. Because whatever 8x27 is, it's not 256, which is how many screens are in Pitfall 1.
0: You are absolutely correct. It's true. But it feels like a bigger game because you go... Horizontally and vertically, right? Where Pitfall so many of the
1: Pitfall screens are just the same thing, like whatever And every like Pitfall Two has a lot of the same things, but yeah, once you add the second dimension, the game just feels so much bigger.
0: Yeah, and it's it just seems more challenging. Like you're just like, okay, some more logs. Okay, like a, a rope. And it's it's funny because I'll get into the gameplay and stuff later, but well, those things aren't in this game. There there are no like you know, uh, lakes or crocodile pits or tar pits or or uh, vines that you have to swing across or logs coming at you or any of that stuff. Those weird, like, manhole things that would open up. Yeah, yeah, like the, the tar pit or whatever it would be, right? Yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to read a little bit. It's a little bit. This is quite a bit. But it was... I, the original manual for this game is so cool, okay? It's called, like, Pitfall Harry's Diary, okay? And it... <sighs> It, it's written in a in a fashion where it, it's telling you what Pitfall Harry is going through. It's like he's written in his own diary. But he's also telling you all about the game itself and the features of the game and the point of the game. So the, the manual is written as a story, really. And it's really actually very good and informative. I learned a ton just by reading the manual, which, no surprise, if you've ever listened to this show, that's pretty much how we learn most of the stuff about the game. Because nobody read the manuals in the 80s and the 90s. And now you don't get them. So anyway, buckle up because this is going to take a second, but it's, uh, right, it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, go, go. I just
1: want to say, so this manual, it's written in cursive. It is. And it's written like a fucking story. So... I'm, I'm, I promise I'm not promoting my website because it's nowhere near ready to release. But one of the things I want to do on my website is provide simple instructions for people unwilling to read manuals and this manual was a fucking inspiration because who is going to sit down and read an entire book written in cursive to learn how to play a game from 40 years ago? You think it's amazing. I think it's a nightmare. Because I, when I like sit down to play an old game, I want to like flip to the instructions and read like a paragraph at most. But you have to sit down and read this entire manual to know how to play.
0: It is a fair point. And as I look at you know, I've got it up on the screen over here to our left. I showed Jay a page of it. It is like a full notebook sheet of paper, like lined, ruled paper, right? And there are eight pages of that. that that's like reading somebody's term paper. So I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I thought it was wildly interesting because it's a story that tells you what's going on. If you're just trying to get to the point, I can see why you'd be annoyed though, because it, it does, as you'll see, as I go through this here for a minute, Why you don't exactly, you're, you're getting glancing blows and you're not just like, okay, this is the bullet point I need right here. I just need to know this. <laughs> so anyway, all right. From the manual, Pitfall Harry's Diary. This is the precursor to it, right? The people talking about Pitfall Harry, they're worried about him. We're all pretty worried about Pitfall Harry. We sent him and his niece, Rhonda, along with Quick Claw the Cat, on a treacherous journey to an underground cavern. Well, not a word was heard from him until today. We now present you with Pitfall Harry's Diary, the journal he's been keeping in the Lost Caverns. It arrived this morning by Carrier Condor, typical of Harry. Okay. Right. So here we go in his condors. Yep. That's right. I love that. It says that he's in the lost cavern of Machu Picchu, Peru. How do you know it's the lost cavern? Did they call it that? Is it on the map as lost? It's not lost. If it's called the lost cavern on the map, right? Am I wrong? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it was lost until Harry found it, but he said, but that it's still not lost at that point. It's no longer lost. If you were if he... just
1: walking around on the ground outside of Machu Picchu, you would fall into the lost cavern because there's a bunch of holes in the ground.
0: Correct. Huh? That must be how it worked. I don't know. It must be. Anyway, he's got the longitude, latitude and longitude on here. I'm not going to bother you with that. In case you were wondering why I'm here, he says. And I'm sure all of you are about me too. But anyway, perhaps I've gone too far. I'm in an underground cavern beneath Peru. It seems to be a complex maze, perhaps eight chambers wide and over three times as deep. Niece Rhonda has disappeared, along with Quick Claw, our cowardly cat. Okay, now hold on. (laughs) His niece in this show cannot be more than, what, 12 to 13 years old at most? Why did he bring her to Peru and then lose her in a lost cavern? Why'd he bring the
2: fucking crackhead cat with him? Well, that I can see, Fucking twitchy bastard? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Okay. Just ask him. I'm just saying. I am beset by all manner of subterranean creatures in this vast, ancient labyrinth. And all because of a rock, the Raj diamond. It was stolen a century ago and hidden here. So that's part of the key of the story here. You're trying to find your niece. You're trying to find the crackhead lion, Quick Claw. And you're trying to find, sorry. And you're trying to find the Raj diamond, okay? All right. Old friends, if you ever see this diary, I hope you'll read it and come to my aid. Help me find Rhonda, Quick Claw, and the diamond. On the way, let's also look for a stone-aged rat. A large university wants it for its research. Finally, lots of stolen U.S. gold bars were ditched here. The more bars we recover, the more brownie points we'll get at Journey's end. <laughs> Man, they seem to know an awful lot about what's in this lost cavern. <laughs> they really do. He's like, well, there's this rat and then my friends and all this gold and this diamond. How is no, nobody else in Machu Picchu, right? Like, if come on. Okay. It's a little far-fetched, is what I'm saying. I'm trying to suspend my, you know, disbelief here, but I'm, I'm struggling. They also
1: built, like, miles of ladders in this lost cavern, Yeah, so it's completely developed.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are platforms you can jump from. Balloons are showing up. You've got ladders. Things live down there. It's, it's suspect. It's sus, as the
2: kids would say. Outside of the condors, it could be pretty believable. I don't know why there's condors, like... yeah. 17 levels down in a fucking cave (laughs) i don't know man that's pretty normal
0: and apparently he has the ability to train one to be able to send it you know as a carrier Mm, so all right moving on for the record if i want a perfect evaluation one hundred ninety nine thousand points i must find ronda quick claw the diamond all 28 gold bars and the rat and never fall victim to a single danger again though my contract only requires the recovery of Rhonda, Quick Claw, and the Diamond. Everything else is gravy. What is this contract exactly? It set it up there.
2: So he didn't have to find the... I mean, it was a contract. So if he was like, nah, I don't want to go get my niece and the fucking crackhead
0: cat. He could have just been like, yeah, I'm not signing that. I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure who contracted him to do this, but somebody wants that Raj Diamond back. Well... I don't know who it was. He doesn't stipulate here who it is. It's a lot of crack that cat. They, Maybe they yeah. want to remain anonymous. Okay. It's a lot of crack. Okay. Last, last, last,
2: last paragraph. That fucking aggro rat. <laughs> fucking sidewalk Jim <general> the <laughs> rat. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. <laughs> okay. Last paragraph. But oh, danger prevails. Poisonous frogs, bats, condors, electric eels, albino scorpions, and leaps over dark voids that dare me to fall to their fathomless depths. All of these pitfalls must be avoided. I'm not really Whoa. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what he did there? Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure what'll happen. Should I succumb? But it can't be good. Man, that is a long walk. Okay. There's a l- there's or a, or a long fall. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. I got him. So anyway, that's a little bit about the game. The point of the game, again, to reiterate. You are attempting to find Rhonda, you are attempting to find Crackhead, Quick Claw, and you're trying to find the Raj Diamond. All of those give you points. You start with four thousand points, just to kind of get you kicked off. They yeah. talk about this in the manual too. If you want to read the other eight pages of the manual or seven pages, do it. I, you know, Tyler, I know you're not gonna, but <laughs> don't blame you. You might he have, may have already read it. He probably hasn't asked you. Let's, let absolutely me... did not read this. Much. <laughs> gave up immediately. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I can see why. It's cool. I thought it was interesting.
1: I, you, maybe it's just because I'm younger. I just reading cursive is a challenge, my guys.
0: <laughs> uh, that's fair. It's not no, for yeah, they, me, don't but, teach, they don't even teach that shit anymore in school. Uh, they, they, they got it computers.
1: Should.
0: They got computers now. Oh, that's true. All right. So the points. You start with 4,000 somehow mysteriously. I don't really remember how. Every gold bar you pick up is 5,000. You find Rhonda, it's 10,000. You find Quick Claw, it's 10,000. If you capture the primitive cave rat who can only be captured from behind, it's fifteen thousand. The Raj Diamond, twenty thousand points. Now, you can't die in this game. All you can do is accrue points, and then if you get hit by an enemy, and he talked about the scorpions and the condors and all the crazy shit living in this fully developed cave in Machu Picchu. Okay. You you go back to the original checkpoint, which they also talk about in the manual. They are called Red Crosses. This game has checkpoints. Like what Atari game? Can you be playing like, oh, I died? Let me take me back to where I last last checked in. You know, yeah. I don't, Tyler. Do you know of any other ones?
1: No, absolutely not. No,
0: I can't think but, of. And one. let
1: alone just a game where you can't lose. This game came out in 1984. Think of a game before this where you can't lose. It's like a completely revolutionary idea.
0: It's the complete opposite of every arcade game that you would have paid 25 cents to continually pour money into, right? Like, it's like, here. that's why I'm sure it was not ported to arcades, that among other reasons. But it's like, okay, how do we set this up <laughs> so so these guys don't play at one quarter for as long as they'd like, really, you know? So, but yes, it's, it's a very interesting concept in that he created these checkpoints, right? So like, as you're progressing through a level or, or through the level, or through, you know, the caverns, If you get hit, you get pushed back to the last checkpoint. Sometimes it can be very far away. And then what happens is your score clocks down, right? It starts counting down for however long it is from where you are to your checkpoint that you go back to, you lose that many points. And it's just this arbitrary number that counts down pretty damn quickly. So anyway, also if you fall, like if you, you know, if you remember like in, in pitfall, if you would fall and land on something, I guess you didn't really go to the second level. So you didn't do that. But like, if you're like, like, let's say you're up above and you go to go down a ladder and you're trying to use a shitty fucking Atari joystick to play this game and you can't push down and to the right at the same time to go down the ladder, it might just walk you off the ledge and then you start falling down. And if you fall down to the floor, you lose hundred points. Yeah. So, but if you fall in the water, you don't lose any points what? because this game has water it does. and electric eels. You can, I mean, that's like insane electric spaghetti electric spaghetti that's correct the manual also talked about having to take these like leaps it's true man there are times like i used to walk through for this game i did not pretend like i was going to navigate through 200 plus different areas of this game to try and beat it and jay and i sat down and we beat the game you know we, we got through it but there are times like i remember playing this game vividly as a child and and being like i guess i just jump off the ledge right Okay, like, and then you jump off this ledge and you might fall for like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. You'll bounce off the rock on one side and then just go back, you know, yep. fly back the other way. So there's definitely these big leaps of faith. And then there are balloons. So if you're like at the bottom, like let's say you're all the way down at the bottom, these 27 layers down, we'll call them layers, okay? And you gotta get back up. Sometimes you, if you wanna get to where you need to go, you need a balloon and you'll just be standing there. A bat will fly by and then a giant balloon flies by. A a, a giant balloon, big enough, and please explain these physics to me. It can float over to me, but once I grab it, it will lift me up into the air. Yes. Does that make any sense to either of you? No.
1: It is a game based on a cartoon.
2: Okay. (laughs) You you know what's kind of concerning? You never think about this until, I I didn't think about this until now. Where do those balloons come from? You know the only person I can think of that was down in like a hole is that creepy fucking clown.
0: What's his name? Pennywise? Yeah, that's it. Pennywise. I was thinking Quick Claw was doing was it. It was written
1: before this game came out, wasn't it?
0: Pennywise, it would have it been yep. right around the same time, wasn't it?
1: Um, when was it written?
0: I remember when they put it on television and it scared the shit out of me as a With kid. Tim Curry? You, whatever, I don't yeah, know. it was it, Tim was, Curry. It was yeah, Pennywise. I don't remember. It was I remember, a, like a miniseries. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I can't watch this. I gotta go play Pitfall 2. <laughs> anyway. All right. There are six... Of the red crosses in this game, by the way. Six save points in Pitfall 2. Now, turn the game off. You're going to lose your score. There's no battery backup. There's no save in your game. There's none of that stuff. So you're not going to have your save points saved. You start from the very beginning. Okay. But Jay's got some uh, hot take information. What?
2: Well, I was looking it up. I think it was based off of Pitfall.
0: Yeah, it came out in 85?
2: No, it it came out in 86. Whoa. They might maybe have watched. That's where he phone. got it. He was watching that fucking balloon, and he's like, "I'm going to write a book about a clown I'm that sure, lives in a pit." I'm sure. I'm they sure lost. Stephen it in, King in, in,
0: was sitting at home in the Lost Caverns playing his Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Would it be that far off? You after the know. big, after the big crash, maybe. Don't know. Anyway, I digress. Okay. I'm just saying. Two interesting things about this game. Number one, this game has an ending. This game ends. Yeah. You you can uh, you accomplish those three things necessary, and once you do, Harry jumps around like he is now the one that is on crack. Okay, and he gets all excited, and, and the game ends. You you win the game. You can win this game again. How many Atari games can you finish and win, Tyler?
1: I uh, you can win Adventure. Uh,
0: yep. You can win Adventure. Yep.
1: Win. I don't know if you can win the Sword Quest games. Or you just figure out the riddles. I don't know if that one counts. I think yeah, I know there's not many Atari games you could win. It's there's, pretty just,
0: cool. there's just not that many. Like, I love Yars Revenge, but there's no ending to that game. You just play until no, you don't have any forever. more Yars or whatever it is. Any more so, Yars?
1: So, uh, of any Atari games you could win, or Atari games that have some kind of like feasible thing you could go like roll over the score or something, this is probably like the most approachable Atari game. Like, one of the most approachable old games because one you can't lose and two like if you know what you're doing this game's like eight minutes long or something like it's not a long game it's not like oh no i have to go into metroid and map out everything on graph paper like this is a very beatable game for an average person
0: it it is i i beat it without a map back in the day i remember beating this game probably in like 1987 1988. we even
2: pulling it up when we played it you you beat it there and all we did we honestly we just pulled up a map and we figured out where everything was on the map and it was probably, what, 10, 15 minutes?
0: Yeah. It wasn't very long. No, it doesn't, it doesn't take long. But the point here is there is an ending. Now, the second part that is interesting. Tyler, you were playing the 8-bit version of this game. What happens when you capture Quick Claw in that version of the game?
1: Well, at the end of the Atari eight bit version, uh, they a portal opens up and takes you to the secret second quest. That where now you have to collect four items on a new map, and the there's new monsters. They move faster. There's harder platforming. Uh, it's it's pretty cool.
0: It is very true. I, I had never seen that in my life until I started to do research for this this game. And I was like, "What? You you capture Quick Claw, or you rescue him, or whatever you want to call? It, I don't know. You know, you de- detox him, whatever. I know you're well, doing there. Detox him. And and this portal on the on the eight bit, you know, Atari 800 and eight bit versions of the computer version of this game. Th- this this magic portal opens up next to you, and you walk through it, and there's a whole other game. And like you said, there are much more difficult platforms. You have to do more stuff. It's like." A second, ver it's like Zelda, but you know, like the original Zelda, you beat it and then you play the second quest. It's yeah. like that. Anyway, I thought that, like that the one.
1: original Zelda and at the end of the game was like Zelda 2. It's like basically twice as long as the original game. Yes. It's pretty great. It's yeah.
0: pretty great. I agree. Now, another interesting thing about this game and in a lot of Activision games from the era. Tyler, I know you're familiar with this. Jay, we talked about this. Mm hmm. The Activision patches. The Activision patches. I remember vividly. Okay. I am probably. I don't know how old that would be. We moved from the house that I was living in in 1987, so I was probably 10. This was probably 1985 or 1984. Probably 84, if I had to guess. Yeah, I was alive then, and and I remember stuff from then. I had a I had a friend. Who had an Atari, and he had these patches, and I was like River Raider, or, you know, like, and it would say Oinker or whatever it was, and I'm like, what are these? And he explained to me because apparently he would, you know, buy new games. Not like my parents would give me like, here's the Atari game I found in the trash somewhere, or whatever, <laughs> like this loose game. In the manuals of these games, they will tell you if you achieve a specific achievement within the game, like whether it's a high score or low, like in like let's say in Dragster, you get a fast enough speed or whatever it is, you could. Take a picture of your television screen. Mail it to Activision, and they would send you a physical patch that represented your achievement—that for unlocking that achievement of being like this, whatever they called it. And in this case, it is the Cliffhangers patch that you would you would get. And every game had its own patch, right? And now, of course, I think it was like, yeah, it's like over forty games. It's almost fifty games that they had this for, you know, and they're all Activision. And it's just, it, it was like the coolest thing to me. Now, at that age, it was. Looking back, and Tyler, I know that you're from a, a slightly different generation in that the idea of taking a film-based camera, yeah. taking pictures of a CRT television, taking the film from said camera to a place to have it developed, whether it's a photo mart or your local, you know, like grocery store, which in our case, like Meyer would do it or whatever it was. Yeah. Then, from there, getting that picture, which hopefully has come out, okay? Because you don't know. Like, who's yeah, taking pictures? Thing. What if that didn't come out? You're Who, fucked. Who's, you had to wait like a week. Ask, and you do, they would say, don't take, just like, you know, don't take the picture with the flash on. You know, put it on a steady little thing. Like, d- just take the picture. So, man, I was just like... And then, you've got this. You did get the picture. Now, you must mail it to Activision, okay? With a dollar. You have to send a dollar as well, you know, because... Shipping? <laughs> they got to send it back, right? They're not—they're not paying on their dime. They made the patch. You want it, it's a dollar anyway, and they would mail you this patch back along with a letter. And I think that is one of the damned coolest things. I would love to be able to get all of these patches at some point in my life, and some Dude, of them are very rare. If I got
2: one, of, if I could get all those patches, I'd get me a denim vest and I would fucking put <laughs> it's every slow, one of those every on one there. of
0: them. Well, I'll tell you the like the Star Master. Some of them they had different achievements you could get one for a hundred thousand five hundred thousand a million points and they you could and the funny part was i remember reading it was like look if you score a million points we're not sending you all three you must show us a picture of it with a hundred thousand you must show us a picture of five i'm like these guys are hard asses man like a million also you know i had to get a hundred and five hundred thousand points to get to a million just give me the fucking patches are you kidding me you're only sending them a dollar that way you send them three dollars the other way i would send three dollars but nope couldn't do it that way so you I think there. you can submit
1: your million score for the hundred thousand patch if you really want to. I mean, come on.
0: You you could. That's true. You could take take three different pictures of you standing in front of it with like middle fingers and different. You like fuck you. I don't have time for this. I just played Star Master for eight hours to get a million points, and you want me to take three pictures?
2: Oh shit! Look at that. Anyway. Oh yeah. Just pulled up eBay. No, Twenty nine Activision pat, patch lot. Yeah, how much is that going for? Uh, they got listed
0: for one hundred and forty five dollars. Listed for $145. Yeah, Listed. Let me see that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, hate don't, to do that. That yeah, I don't
1: think Atari patches are that expensive. Some of them are. At least the, <laughs> like the common ones, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, I'll, I'll give you a good example. The one I have on, uh, if for those watching the live stream and on this on this set right now, I have the Cliffhangers patch with the letter. It costs about that much. <laughs>
2: Dude, there's two patches on here. One says Activision says you suck, and it's got a thumb down, thumbs down. Yeah. And then there's another one that says Activision says you rock, and it's got a thumbs up.
0: I'm going to have to look into that. But anyway, I've always, I have always, kind of wanted to do a show one day about just these patches. I just think they're wildly fascinating. It's just the coolest thing to me. So anyway, enough about the patches. No one else wants to hear about it.
1: <sighs> it's a good, uh, you know, if a game doesn't have an ending, getting the Activision patch, pretty good ending for that game if you like beating your games.
0: That is such a great point. That's one way to get like, you're like, I did it. I got this many points. That's what I had to do. And that's, what's interesting about me to pitfall, you know, pitfall two to me is it has an ending. Plus it has points and you can use the points to get the patch. It doesn't matter that you got quick claw. Nobody cares about that shit. Okay. Like, okay, cool. You won the game. What would he do? Did you get, I should also mention you needed to get 99,000 points in order to qualify. Not, not the perfect score, not 199,000, just 99,000. You could have only found eight bars of gold and everything else in the game, and you'd still qualify. And if I'm not mistaken, Jay, didn't I take a picture of the screen when we played? And how many points did I have? You did.
2: Uh, I think you had 199,000.
0: No, that's the perfect score. I had like 114,000. Oh, yeah. So I qualify. I, I can now own this without you know feeling I just bought my way to victory. Right? Like, I earned it. I also bought it. So anyway
2: sorry i'm shopping for a denim
0: yeah, yeah. gotta invest for my patches yes. this is just what we need yeah kaylin makes a good point there are a lot of repros of the patches out there so you got to be careful this one is uh i would i would have to wager that this one is legitimate just because it smells old and it also has the sticker on the back that tells you what you're supposed to do and compared to all the other ones that i saw that were legitimate it was it was real so i'll just tell myself that anyway jay do you want to tell me a little bit about the background development of this game i absolutely do yeah? Yeah. Who developed this game, Jay?
2: It was designed and programmed by the one and only David Crane.
0: You ever heard of him?
2: Nope. Never heard of him.
0: He's this guy. This guy. He did in uh, his blob in Blabonia. Don't, Don't disparage
1: do you... him like that. He's David fucking Crane. I know.
0: <laughs> He's David fucking Crane. <laughs> Look, Tyler's right. Okay. It's fine. I can't disagree with him. Uh, uh, as an aside, when we talked about the Atari 50 thing, David Crane is the one who said, no one ever smoked pot in my department. There was no drug use in my department. And I thought to myself, I believe you. I definitely believe you. Yeah, it probably wasn't in his department. Every other department will. What's that, Tyler?
1: Good impression.
0: It was pretty close. Sounding
1: a little bit boring, like he was focused on his work.
0: He was very focused on his work. Which, Jay, tell me a little bit about his work on Pitfall 2.
2: Um, it's the only Atari 2600 game that has, that is 10K in size.
0: Yeah? It's a big-ass game.
2: For an Atari, that's a big-ass game.
0: Well, it's 10K in size for a specific reason, too. It was the only
2: game that uses David David Crane's display processor chip, the DPC.
0: Yeah, which are also his initials. Yes. And he designed and patented that. So he applied for a patent for this chip, which allowed for them to expand the game and then also give it multiple... Like, Atari has two uh soundtracks or for two channel music if you will and this allowed for four channel music and better graphics so he said it was like the world's first gpu it was offloading this to be able to do that through yeah. scan lines and all this stuff and i actually i actually pulled up the patent documentation man <laughs> whoo that's I, a lot of shit i did not understand any of it <laughs> i'm like i'm a computer guy who can get down to like core level programming stuff and i looked i was like I kind of get where you're getting at, but I have no idea what the hell's going on here. So that's yeah. why
2: there's a career path called a patent attorney.
4: Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
2: But anyway, I'm, I'm curious. So I do have one question before we keep going. Yes. What's David's middle name?
0: Uh, P. Tur? If I had to guess. Okay. I don't know. But if I had to guess.
2: David Peter Crane. No,
0: nope, I'm going to guess it's Paul. David because Paul David Crane? Crane is not the most exciting guy like when I did the impersonation and, and and Tyler said it was fairly apt, it's it was it's <laughs> it it was. Like he said, he was probably focused on his work. All right. So yeah. But I don't know, but I'm thinking it's something very mundane. All right. <laughs> anyway.
1: When uh when David Crane talks about the development of Pitfall 2, people ask him about Pitfall all the time. Like I'm a little more interested in Pitfall Two personally, because it's such a cooler game. He doesn't talk about the gameplay first. He's like, oh, yeah, Pitfall 2. I was so excited to get back into the chip development lab. To yes. like Create a brand new chip for Atari in 1984 <laughs> to make probably the most expensive game they've ever produced. And, like, I I don't know what the, like, state of video game development of the market was, because I'm not, like, an industry person. To think that, like, everyone's like, oh, the video game crash of 1983, and then the next game they had, or the next year for their, like, their blockbuster Activision game, they're just like, oh, yeah, we have a guy designing a brand new chip to put in our games because we're going to spend that much money on it.
0: Well, funny you should mention that. Number one, our friend Johnny is in the chat, and he said that David Crane's middle name is fucking so he's david fucking crane
2: well actually that's what tyler said earlier too yeah. So, so
0: yeah he's just corroborating i would what you tru- said. i would
2: trust the the cq guys yep i
0: i i I, I always do yeah but yes the, the to your point tyler the dpc was only used in pitfall 2 mostly due to the fact that the video game market crashed and if you listen
2: closely in 1983 if you listen closely in that interview you can hear somebody in the background when he talks about going back to build that chip going
1: Nerd,
2: <laughs> so. shut up, nerd.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: I mean, even even if it was planned to be used in future games, like how old was the Atari at that point? Like the writing must have been on the wall.
0: Right? Seven years, right? Seventy six, seventy seven.
1: Was out. Yes, uh, was coming.
0: Yeah, the Famicom came out in eighty three, along with the SG one thousand from Sega. Also,
1: I imagine David Crane designed this chip on his own and just like, I don't know, maybe it's less expensive when you have one genius just design an entire (laughs) chip. Like, I can't imagine one person just goes and be like, oh, I'm going to go design a chip and we're going to have a microprocessor fab make it for us.
0: Well, and by then, I mean, he's they're working at Activision, so I'm sure he's like... He's making plenty of money at that point, so he can do whatever the fuck he wanted, right? I mean, at that point... owner of
1: the company? He's like, yeah, I made this company. We make a bunch of money. I want to go design microchips, though. That sounds way more fun. This is going to be... I'm going to go be in my office working. That's
0: my real passion, he'd say, right? So, anyway. So, yeah, Crane called it the... uh, He called Pitfall 2 the first hardware-assisted 2600 game, and it was likely to be the most technically advanced game released for the system in the 80s. I would agree with that.
2: Well, that's one of the things we didn't talk about is that the DPC was created uh, to allow four-channel music. I mentioned it. I wasn't listening to you.
0: Yeah, I know. So I know that. Because normally they had two-channel. That is correct. And better graphics. I
1: normally Atari games don't have music.
0: And that's that's what I actually said. So when we get to the music section, I'll, you know, that's exactly the first line. But the fact that it even has music is, true. is a, kind of amazing. And it's pretty good. You know, if you guys want to get a sample of it, I got it right here. You want to hear it? Not yet. We'll wait, wait till, till we get, some get to music the music so and sound. to say. Let maybe stop jumping ahead. Okay, I'm talking to myself there. So we talked about the eight-bit version of this game, right? And then the 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 eight-bit and fifty-two hundred version of this game was actually programmed by somebody else. Who who did that? Jay. Mike Lorenzen. That is
2: correct. I like this game yeah i'm not butchering anybody's fucking yeah name no
0: they're all in english it's great <laughs> mike lorenzen and david crane yeah. got it pitfall these are all words i know so no uh yeah we talked about it obviously earlier he expanded on the game added the portal and the second level if you will or the second stage of the game which like tyler said bigger than the original mm-hmm. and it just blows my mind and did you tyler did you finish the second part
1: I sure did.
0: And tell the people when you finish the second part because in the first part when you finish it in the Atari 2600 game, you jump around like a crackhead. I know we mentioned that. What happens when you finish the 8-bit version of this of Pitfall 2?
1: Okay, so when you finish Atari 2600 Pitfall 2, you are you are in the deepest part of the cave essentially. It's still the first screen, so you start right above where you finish. Uh, but like you had gone through the entire cave at that point. And you're just jumping around. So when I first beat it, I'm like, oh my god, they're going to make me go back to the beginning of the game. Because that's what video games do. They're just like, what bullshit can we do to extend the length of the game? <laughs> Correct. No, Pitfall Harry is in the Lost Caverns, and he's lost. He might die. You don't know. In Pitf- in the Atari 8-bit and 5200 version, uh, what you're gathering for the second quest, it's, um, it's a bunch of Snake Charmer stuff. It's a-, a rope, a flute, the Snake Charmer, and the basket. And then you get to the end of the game... And the snake charmer makes the rope uh, move everything up like you got the Raj diamond in there, all your shit that you collected through the game snakes up the screen and then you get to the top of the cave and you exit the cave. And the first time I see that ending, I'm like, this is the ending of Pitfall 2. What the fuck was that shit David Crane gave us? (laughs) Pitfall Harry was stuck in the cave. In the 8-bit version, he escapes the cave. It's awesome.
0: It is 100% correct, and I have to agree with you, because the other one is like, okay, the game is over, cool. And you're just like, now what? I I surely don't have a map, and I'm in the most difficult place to get to in the entire cave, which happens to be one level below where I started. But getting back there is this huge roundabout thing. But in this one, you walk through a magic portal, you get some snake charmer stuff, and the dude, you know plays whatever, you know, snake charmer instrument that is, all the way back up to the top and you ride your happy ass right out of the Lost Caverns and back to the good old US of A with the Raj Diamond in tow. (laughs) And possibly Rhonda and Quick Claw. I don't know how that all goes down. They're there. Yeah, they're all there at the end. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know if they leave with them.
1: Is the snake charmer there? Or does he stay at the bottom? He
0: stays at the bottom. That's where he lives, I guess. Maybe that's where he wants to be. I don't know. I mean, he started in the cave. Maybe maybe he's the proprietor of the Lost Cavern maybe he's the developer and he's like, you know what? Get the hell out of here. I got work to do. <laughs> Fuck off. I got work to do anyway. Yeah. So an interesting side note to the, that is that Activision's marketing department did not want to promote that because it was this big difference between the 2600 version and, and the eight bit versions and 5200 versions. So they didn't want people to really know that they did this. So they kind of consider it like hidden, but they put it right in the manual. They put it right in the manual. So the, the manual I talked about before for the 2600 version has the diary, but the Commodore version and the Atari versions and all that stuff have a different manual. The Atari 8-bit version manual mentions it right on the cover that there's more to the game, but they didn't want to promote it. I don't know, whatever. We
1: weren't allowed to put it on the box.
0: Yeah, they couldn't put it on the box, but they could put it on the manual, apparently. That was fine. Anyway, all right. So, Jay, a little bit about the music and sound of this game. Well, of course, first of all, there is music. There is music in this game, yeah. and it is always playing. That was the, I think to me, when I, when I, we'll get to my personal experiences, but when I played this game as a kid, I was like, what is this? No games have music. Like, has got a banging drum beat though. <laughs> Hell yeah, it does.
2: Anyway, what what else you got? Um, it, well, it plays the entire time, too. Yep, it's constantly playing. Yes. As soon as the minute you start, play, start going and the game starts, it's. Yep plays the whole time yeah so um it and changes of cu- notes when you die it gets a little bit sad when you die yep yeah it goes up so, when you pick up the gold and pick up the other items too
0: yeah one of the things i have in here is that me- the music changes relative to what's happening in the game so if you grab gold the gold the tempo increases if you get hit by an enemy and get sent back to one of the red crosses the music slows down and is played in like a minor chord it's like the same song but in a different key essentially and then if you're if you you know you're lucky enough to find the balloon and and in turn capture the balloon to fly up. It plays a uh, Sobra La Olas, I believe is how you say, I don't know.
2: So tell me some uh, tell me some reception info on the game, sir.
0: You got it. Alright, so This game was released in early 1984. We talked about that. Literally right after E.T. was released for the 1983 holiday season. Okay. We're talking two months after, six weeks after, if you will. Okay. After Christmas in 1983. Yet, this game still sold 1.3 million copies for the Atari 2600. That's a lot. That was a lot. I was surprised how many it sold. I think I looked and it placed it as 16th in the top selling games of all time for the Atari 2600. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know. In relation, do you know how many Pac-Man games they sold? 9 million. Jeez. I think it was 9.6 million. And then Pit- Pitfall 1 was like 5.7 or something. I, I don't remember the exact Sounds number. Like Pitfall 2 needs to get good. Yeah. Okay. So, I dug up some old reviews of this game and really what I also did was run around looking for like, how did people perceive this game now? Because it's it's hard to find information yeah. from like you know, I have an old computer games magazine from 1983, but it talks about Pitfall. Like Pitfall had literally just come in as like, oh, that's the new number one game. But I'm like, okay, I need one from a year later. This is not helping me yeah. for the show. But I found a I found a review from computer and video game magazines in 1989, which I thought was kind of a weird time to review it. But they, they gave it a review and said, they gave it 81%, I believe out of 100 was the scale, I hope, 100%. So it's pretty good. They gave it 81 out of 90. Favorite yeah, 81 out of 200. <laughs> Favorable review. And it said, explore a vast underground map and find the hidden treasures in this follow-up to the classic Pitfall. The action is absorbing as you climb, run, and swim around the labyrinth subterranean maze, dodging baddies and finding shortcuts. Pitfall 2 is simple, but it's incredibly good fun. It's interesting that they use the word labyrinth subterranean maze because I think they stole that from the manual that we read earlier. (laughs) That Basically paraphrased exactly what was in Pitfall Harry's manual. Plagiarists over at Computer and Video Game Magazine. Anyway, all right. Tyler, do you have the notes in front of you?
1: Uh, No, because I never got the email and I just wasn't worried
0: about it. That's fine, good. Okay, so that's going to make this better. Normally, I would quiz Jay. I'm going to ask you. Hell yes. I'm going to ask you this. Retro Gamer Magazine's Best 25 Atari 2600 Games of All Time, Issue 46, January 2008. Go dig it out of your stash, out of your library, and you got it. Okay. What do you believe this game will be ranked in the best 25 games of all time by Retro Gamer Magazine?
1: Best 25 games or best 25 2600 games?
0: The best 25 Atari 2600 games of all time. Number one. It is number one. The only one. thing
1: that would compete with it is like Hero or Kaboom, but I don't even think that would, I think it's number one.
0: It is number one. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now, I'm going to give you one more. Atariage.com conducted their own top 100 Atari 2600 games of all time in 2007 on their forum, where forum members were, were able to cast votes one through 10, with it being a tiered voting system. So a number one vote would give you 10 points, whereas a number 10 vote would give you one vote, one point. Tyler, where do you think this game landed on that top 100 Atari games list of all time on AtariAge.com in 2007?
1: 2007? I'm sure there were some old men complaining like, guys, Moon Patrol is really the best game. It's so addicting. But I'm going to also say number one.
0: Correct. It was number one. And you are also right about the Moon Patrol stuff. (laughs) As I sifted through the posts, the guy, some, the guy did a great job who's, who conducted the survey, right? Because he edited the first post to include all the voting, the first place voting, the points, all that stuff, right? And Pitfall 2 was the number one game as voted on by the AtariAge.com forum members in 2007. And they also complained about how Moon Patrol was the best game. So there you go. A little bit about the reception of this game. Both. Did you
1: really? Are there no contemporary reviews? I feel like your 1989 review is kind of bullshit because that's like Super Mario Brothers Two time. Who the hell is going back to Pitfall Two?
0: <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> no. You
1: feel like that is like the worst time because you had a modern review. Like everyone looking back at this game is like, "Wow, Pitfall Two was amazing." But when it's like five years old, they're like, "Wow, everything we have now is amazing. Pitfall Two sucked."
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't find anything more modern. Than the 2008 and 2007, anything that I, I mean, I'm sure there were right. Like there are other, And it was funny because I did find some other lists and, and they would, they would not have pitfall two on them, but they would have pitfall number one. And I thought to myself, how can pitfall be number one when pitfall two is a vast superior game? It can't be number one. It can't be. Don't give me the super Mario brothers. It's number one because it's super Mario brothers thing. See, we all know super Mario brothers two and three are, 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 you know, better. You can't tell me that they're not better games.
1: I mean, I definitely agree. Like, I like Pitfall. Pitfall's fine, but, like, I would not sit down. Like, I would not sit down any weekend and just, like, play some Pitfall. Like, I'll just I'll just go play some Pitfall 2. And a huge bonus to Pitfall 2, if I really wanted to, I could just beat it in 10 minutes. Like, Pitfall, I have to, like, there's, just like, maps you have to memorize and shit. Like, Pitfall's kind of stressful.
0: You go forever. You go until the time is over, right? I mean, like, that's it. It's
1: either the time is over or until you find all the gold. And, like, you're not going to find all the gold. You're not going to find all the gold. So yeah. you're playing there for 20 minutes. You play for 20 minutes, people, and then it's like you lose because you didn't find all the gold. Yeah. Whereas people too, you play for 10 minutes. And it's like, oh, I win. I found the monkey. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> I did it. I I found, thought, that I f-
1: looks like a monkey.
0: Quick claw, the crackhead lion. So, real quick in chat, yes, that original review from Computer and Video Game Magazine said it was from 1989, which I also thought was a weird, a weird year for that. So, all right, it is time to move on to the LGN. Game ratings. Now, Sashimi Z will abstain because we have a guest for the show. Yeah. yeah. So there will be no, we only need five. He gets left out. Tough shit for him. Yeah. I'm going to go in the order that's on the sheet. Oh, well, shit. That means I got to go. Yeah. Damn. Unless you, because we want want our esteemed. How about we do this? Tyler, when would you like to go? You want to go last first? When do you want to go?
1: I want to go last because I don't really think about. The format of this so uh it's fine i want to hear some examples first.
0: perfect all right jay i guess i'm going first you're number one how would you rate this game 1.0 is the worst 5.0 is the best 0.5 increments i'm gonna give it the valdor special 3.5 3.5 yeah it was fun
2: yeah yeah and and, and same thing as what tyler was saying it's not something i would go out and like this weekend i'm not gonna be like man i need to get some pitfall two time in and you said it was what now what was the score? Three point five.
4: Get off the stage.
2: Hey, I can think of a guest right now that's in the stream that's that's in the chat that would probably agree with my my score. Yeah, yeah. It's a Valdor special. This is
0: this is not about placating guests. Hey, I'm here. I'm here for my people. Yeah, that we are. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Big ups to the to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You're what make us who we are. I don't know, I was trying to think of the cheesiest thing I could come up so with. So I'm one for one so far. You're one for one. Yeah, because yeah, I, was, I, I wrote down
2: right. 3.5 for me.
0: That's good. Then I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I see why you never got the email, Tyler. It's still asking me, hey, do you want to share this? So I just hit yes so you can see the end of it. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, now, boo. Get off the stage. We got a call. Let me see. I got to talk into the mic. I got to find the thing.
2: See? All right. All right. Kalen even agrees. I'm a man of the people.
0: Man of the people. That's what they're here for. They're here for me. I can't blame them. They're not here for me. They're, they're, they're for certainly you. not here for the content. <laughs> okay. No, they're not here for either of us. No. They just came to listen to Tyler. They're here to see, hear us shit on graded games and talk about patches from the 80s. <laughs> I sewed the cliffhangers patch right next to my my Slayer patch. <laughs> it's awesome. It's radical. All right. It's time to call our friend, retro game enthusiast, John Young. Yes.
3: Hello!
2: It's that time. The one and only Mr. Famicom Box himself, because that's what Tyler says I'm supposed to call him. Casey Masterpiece, aka Retro Game Enthusiast, aka Magmax himself, John Young.
0: That's pretty good intro. Yeah.
3: Hi John. I like I like that I'm bringing Magmax back into the popular culture.
0: <laughs> you you don't it, see how many people listen to it. was never there, in
3: though. the popular culture. You're the first <laughs> one bringing it there. Uh, it was in the arcades. I'm sure it was very popular in the arcades. No. No, it wasn't. Maybe yeah. in Europe. Are
1: you telling Is Magmax an arcade game cuz that's fucking news to me.
3: It yeah, it's an arcade game.
1: I have game. no idea.
3: Yeah. You don't just start off with greatness like that. That's got to be ported. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. You don't just go straight to
0: the NES version of Magmax. Okay, you can't well, just. Tyler, it's, there, there are iterations
3: there. Yeah, Tyler, you're you're hurting your uh, gamer cred. Um, hopefully, Mike cuts that last second am Not out. knowing
1: about Magmax, that increases.
3: Mike- hey, <laughs> 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 yeah, he's got a good point there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, what's what's next? What am I supposed to say? I don't have the script.
0: You don't have the
1: script. Five, five, You love Pitfall too.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell us how much you love. Well, let me start with this. What do you? What have you been up to? How was your Thanksgiving?
3: Uh, Thanksgiving, uh, yeah, you know, uh, long weekend. Uh, it didn't go as planned, but uh, it wasn't bad. You know, I mean, I stayed at home. Um, my wife had a worse time about it, but we'll talk about that later.
0: Okay. Yeah, we might get yeah. a chance to talk about that in a couple weeks. Here, it sounds like.
3: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to um, talk about um, that I'm, too. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be heading up to uh, Fort Wayne. Uh, Some of my old actuary buddies uh, getting together, playing some board games, so I'm (laughs) going to drive to Fort Wayne. Does this guy know uh, how to party
0: or what, everybody? (laughs) I'm going to fly to Fort Wayne to play board games with my actuary friends. That fucking rips.
3: (laughs) Uh... Yeah, I mean, Oops, there's sorry. enough nerdy people here on this this call. Like, uh, when you get together with a bunch of nerdy dudes and play board games, it becomes like a homework assignment. Because you have to, like, look up all the instructions beforehand, make sure that you're on top of the game. Then you're playing against a bunch of people that are going to question your logic if you do something stupid. Heaven forbid it's some sort of co-op game where, like, you know, if you're the weak link. Yeah. Uh, you know.
0: You can't make the grave know. mistake that costs you and your friend the game of... I don't know whatever they call that Catan. What is that one? <laughs> is that one? You know like the one everybody plays. I don't know.
3: Uh yeah, sure. we'll games. go with Catan. Not, yeah, not
1: sure like Power like Grid. Too good to play Catan. He's going <laughs> to play like <laughs> Castles of Germany a 1546 <laughs> agriculture game.
3: Yeah, yeah, where you wear like uh, period uh, uh, period specific underwear. <laughs> of course. Just so, yeah. imagining um, you and like
0: later and playing a board game with a bunch of actuaries in Fort Wayne, Indiana
3: with a merkin. Just, I don't know about uh, yeah. that. Uh, we Good. do have we do have a legacy Gloomhaven uh, game going, but I can't imagine that, uh, that I'm going to lug that all the way to Fort Wayne. So. That
0: reminds me. I have to mail my latest move in my chess game with my friend in San Diego. So let me send that oh. off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a link tree. Yeah. Anyway.
3: <laughs> Sorry, just just to play off that, uh, one of the guys is actually currently developing a chess app, and one of his friends uh, said, "But aren't there already chess apps?" And it made him sad inside that people thought that the adventure isn't what uh, should propel him; it's the end product. Yeah, but this one, you win prizes for playing.
4: Hey,
2: Tyler. <laughs> Tyler.
3: Hey Jay,
1: what's
2: up? Do you remember the discussion we were having before the episode started when you're like, how do you guys do this live? Like what if you have to go to the bathroom?
0: This is <laughs> that time. time? Yeah. This it's... is that time. I'm also going to uh, I'll be back. I'm also going. to You know you you go cuz I have something Jake... to say about this while you're gone. And I think I, if I you're going to say that you're going to say uh, the Jay's same right. thing.
3: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Jay's right. My segments are when everybody gets up and uses the restroom, gets a beer, you know, that sort of thing.
0: That is exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> it is not fair. It is disrespectful and unfair to our friends. It's not fair. This is always when Jay bails. Oh, John's here. Let me introduce him as the KC Masterpiece and then talk some shit and then go take a dump. I don't do that. I always wait until Robbie gets on. That's when I leave.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think it's both. <laughs> anyway. uh, no, it, it, it makes me try to step up my game That's a why bit. The coffee, so yeah.
0: Oh, I should
2: probably put so, my headphones back on.
0: You know everybody can hear you, right?
2: Oh shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, John, go ahead. Yeah, speaking of being disrespected and interrupted, go
3: ahead. Uh, so where was I? Uh, yeah, going to be in Fort Wayne. Um, what did I pick up? Uh, I got that Family Bits hardcover. That Tyler's like, you got to get the hardcover if you're a real collector. So I picked up the hardcover. I would never say that. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no yeah, the- For
0: reading, I heard that the soft cover is the move. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, no, I, I honestly wasn't paying that close of attention. I just bought the hardcover and it's a little warped too. So now I'm getting that double regret as I'm flipping through the pages and trying to keep the left side of the book down, but no, it's a great book. If you're interested in unlicensed, uh, Famicom games, it's pretty great. I'm a little upset that little red hood, uh, doesn't talk about the hit detection not being set up. Although maybe in the Taiwanese version of it, it is. So I don't know. I'll do more research.
0: I'm actually more interested in the untold history of Japanese game developers. Sure. (laughs)
1: That's on my Christmas list.
0: I know it is. (laughs) Is (laughs) That's why I brought that up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know you know, damn it. Anyway. Uh, Okay. So, John, did you get a chance to play Pitfall 2?
3: Yes. Fun fact, it's not the same as the NES game, Super Pitfall. Different games.
0: But the Super Pitfall game for the NES is based on Pitfall 2. Kind of. Is it? uh,
3: I think loosely, yes.
1: It's vaguely similar.
3: (laughs) Okay. Well, I... I've not played the NES version for quite some time, and even when I did, it was like a half hour. I'm like, well, this is stupid. Um, I've always like uh, been a firm believer that Montezuma's Revenge on the Sega Master System is a f- much better like pitfall game. That was also on uh, Atari 2600 as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, Montezuma's Revenge was on a lot of stuff, so yeah. I think it was 2600. I always liked that game as well. I played the Atari 2600 version. I played it on my 2600. Um, that was fun. Yeah, the first thing uh, when I put it in, I was like, I don't remember Atari games having such like music. It was a little repetitive, but, you know, I mean, super impressive for, you know, what it was. Mike, to your point about uh, E.T. ruining like uh, the video game industry, what a different world it would be if this came out as like an Indiana Jones game and came out instead of E.T. for that like Christmas season. John, you just kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> like, if they'd
0: have been like, you know what? We're going to do the Raiders of a Lost Ark. This is the game, Pitfall 2, and there
3: is no E.T. game. How does the whole world change? Right. I mean, maybe not. I mean, there was such a glut of horrible Atari games, and there was yeah. no real, like, you know. I mean, E.T. wasn't the only thing. It just was the easiest thing to point back and say, this yeah. is emblematic. But... uh I don't know, on that note, it's uh, it definitely had, sorry, uh, I'm gonna jump around a little bit more. The manual, I understand why Mike, you're really into that. Um, and I also understand why Tyler isn't. There's certain games and certain things that if you really love them, you want that additional material. Chrono Trigger is a good example of that, where like all the extra side quests and stuff just add like to the world. But then when you play like, uh, Breath of Fire three or four, where it's like, all right, now you go to the other side of the vast world to essentially just pad the hours. It gets boring. Or in my case, like MMOs when it's like now this side quest has like more dialogue, like a nineties doom, you know, yeah. book. And it's like uh, I'm not that interested, or like I just want to play the game, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, don't you know? I'm sure Witcher Three, with its deep Polish lore, is you know important to a lot of people. But like those are the things where I'm just like, I just yeah, I don't have this much time. Let's just move this along. Um, so I can see the benefit in having kind of the deep um, like background and being able to pick it apart and be like your like year of playing this game. And some of that exploration, similar to like Zelda 1 that you have, like, it's a fun world to explore and immerse yourself in, but in the modern world, is it really something that somebody's going to take that time? Or does like a kid that has like a million games at his fingertips really going to be able to like invest that time and be able to like explore and like, you know, fantasize about what's happening in that world of Pitfall 2 with uh, that hairy guy who's... Name literally has pitfall in it. I mean, I don't know if that's an important thing or not, but if you fall and kill yourself in a pit and your name has pitfall in it, you kind of, you know, had it coming. You you should have seen that one coming. <laughs> so for an Atari game, this is amazing, Like, right? It's like uh, one of the most, like, realized worlds that you don't need to, like, use your imagination for. It's not, like, um, adventure. Mm-hmm where like you have to like, all right, there's a seahorse that I got to fight. And like the rest of it, I have to like use my own imagination for. I feel like they filled in a lot of that with this one. Yeah. And I definitely remember as a kid, not knowing where to go or anything like that. And this in, uh, I'm a little younger than you, Mike, Mm -hmm. but, uh, this was not in the mid to late eighties, like playground discussion. Right. So if you found another kid that had pitfall too, you couldn't be like, Hey, you know, how far did you get? Like, what's going on? How many gold bars? But I do remember, and this is between this and Zelda having the second quest, pretty much probably stoked all the fantasies of everybody about like hidden games within games. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, if you beat Spy Hunters second level, all of a sudden you get in a spaceship and it's the best game ever, you know? Um, but that was, the, it this, was real here. Yeah, so the fact that this actually had a real second quest, and, you know, I mean, it's a bigger, like, completely new game, Um, and then Zelda's second quest, I think that really kind of, like, spawned everybody's imaginations as to what would be hidden in games for free, as opposed to, like, thinking about, like, somebody's potentially going to kill themselves by doing a bunch of extra work. I think it's a.
0: <laughs> I was I was gonna agree with you until the kill yourself part.
3: <laughs> well, uh, it, I know isn't I'm that just, the legend? Like the dude that yeah. uh, programmed the second one almost killed himself. Uh, he slept. Don't. I, don't. It, What's that?
0: I, he basically the dude slept in a. He's like slept in the office. He never. He was working like twenty hours a day to to finish this sec this port of they the do game it by himself. Yeah. Like, nobody helped him? Yeah, no. Uh, What's his name in there? Mike... uh, Mike Lorenzen. Mike Lorenzen, yes. That's right. You remembered his name. Uh, (laughs) No, he basically, like, slept in his office and was working, like, 20... They had to bring in, like, and put him on an IV because he was dehydrated and stuff or something. His coworkers are assholes. (laughs) It was his job. He chose to do it. This was a pet project.
3: Whatever. If you guys are working less than 120 hours a week, you're not working. Look... Um
0: you can sorry. miss me with that bullshit
3: first <laughs> of all. <Okay. laughs> if you said 12 hours I'd be listening, but
0: 120 that's that's way too many. There's anyway.
3: very popular CEOs of companies that do that sort of thing. Yeah, well, fuck Um me. less popular by the day. Yeah. Um no, so back to the game. Super immersive, um the controls once you get used to them and I was playing with the Sega Genesis controller, so maybe I'm cheating. But the controls really aren't that bad. I'm trying to think of, like, in the five games that people have to play for the Atari 2600, this is definitely in that top five. And, you know, my rankings are always based on, like, playability and not, like, trying to look through nostalgic eyes to say that, like, well, obviously the first pitfalls, like, the amazing one. But I would say, for me, uh, this is a solid 4.0. I could say I could go to a 4.5. You should. What's that?
0: I would if I were you. (laughs)
3: so here's here's my argument against the 4.5 i don't think everybody needs to play this i think there's a lot of people that are just not going to enjoy playing pitfall 2 but for me there's enough enjoyment in this game that i think everybody should at least give it a try uh you know what mike you convinced me 4.5 um i i still i don't want to rank something higher and then enjoy games more that i ranked lower but that's gonna happen. That's that's the, the folly of creating like a a ranking system, right? Well, foreshadowing. I believe that just the
1: rank just rank it correctly the first time. What <laughs> are you
3: doing? Well get good. So the, I've I've sent Tyler my my like detailed like these are how I rank these things. Will I go back and play Pitfall again? Uh, Pitfall Two again? Probably not.
0: Well then it needs um, to go back down to a four. Wrong.
3: Yeah, move to a four. <laughs> Then. What do, do? not let us
4: influence. You. That should be a
0: 3.5. Replayability does not Sounds constitute like a, 5. a 0.5 difference, okay? He's correct. <laughs> 4.5. No further changes. <laughs> 3 3.5?
3: 3. I wrote it in. No, no, no. I'm sticking with 4.5. I'm not going to let Tyler sway me with his trying to take over another podcast ways. It's a it's a <laughs>
2: it's a democracy, John. There's four of us here and two of us are saying it's a 3.5 and you should agree.
0: I just muted Jay's mic to give you an idea what kind of democracy it is around here. <laughs> So, he can fuck off. No, anyway.
3: Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, it it is, is a game worth playing if my nephew comes to me at some point and says, I want to play an Atari game. This one, Breakout, Kaboom, Yars Revenge, of course. Even, I mean, Pac-Man, it's a good Atari experience. I know that uh, Tyler loves maze games. <laughs> I hear him <laughs> cackling in the background. <laughs> I don't know how to mute him. Yeah, um, you can't. But... <laughs> Uh, that makes sense, but no, like, uh, like there's better ways to play Pac-Man, and yeah. I don't know if there's a better way to play Pitfall. Uh, I didn't play the different versions. I know the NES version, at least for me, like might be worth like revisiting, just to say if maybe I was seeing it through the wrong eyes. But I remember the controls being worse in this one, so maybe that's true. I will we'll say it's true. I, I will say this: it is not worth revisiting.
0: Okay, <laughs> I would not spend your time playing. Super Pitfall on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So, John, that's why you gave it a three point five, right?
3: <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a shaky four point five for me.
1: Is anyone else not believing him? He's like a shaky four point five. <laughs> like four point five is like an incredible score, and you're like, yeah, but it kind of
3: sucks.
0: It's four point two seven, and I'm just rounding it up. Uh,
3: and. <laughs> shaky for for me being this close to Hanukkah you know my my tendencies come out so shaky's the most confident I'm going to get in anything anything else yeah let me know what uh, Famicom games you guys want me to bring to Fort Wayne I will be in touch with you I have been very busy with work so I apologize my life
0: has been a bit a, a bit much but I will be in touch with you this week I'm off Friday so I'll probably call you on Friday all right well I will hopefully I'll see you soon I'll probably yeah, see you yeah, before the next it. show. So we get to talk about that. And uh, yeah, I uh, thank you for joining us as always. So uh, anything else before we send you off?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, good chatting with you, Tyler. I sent off my secret Santa gifts. And if I, I'm not going to say whether or not I am your secret Santa person. But if uh, I were, I'd give you something really weird.
1: Oh, weird. Okay. I don't know who that, I don't know who mine is. So that's crazy. Crazy uh, yeah, thing you just said. That's
2: I, fine. I have yeah. to send mine. Oop, still, that's oddly specific, isn't it? That seems
3: I oh, no. It was, it was it. oddly not specific. Wasn't yeah, it? That
0: was quite vague, actually. Anyway, it's
3: right. a great way to end the 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 segment.
0: Well, it couldn't have gone any Cut better. That,
3: like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll all see him on the tenth or eleventh. I'm going to hang 11th. up
3: so Tyler doesn't have to. Thank you. Cool. Right.
2: Retro game enthusiast. by John. mr john young everybody pull a mic
0: all right so john gave a 3.5 incorrect and i can edit in whatever i want so you can say this many times you want it is a 4.5 circled with an exclamation point i'm like i I got
2: keys to the space you were showing me how to do editing so i'm going to come in and add it edit it i don't trust that you'd be able to do it it's gonna go john's gonna (laughs) john's gonna say and i'll give it a (laughs) 3.5
0: i just love the atlanta falcons (laughs) 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 anyway uh Johnny's hey, I don't back. Know, uh, I don't know how much I don't know what your
1: actual <laughs> listenership is. I only know what your Twitch viewership is. Yeah, yeah, but like If six. you just put the hashtag retro games on Instagram, there's probably like five times as many people that are going to see the Instagram post over actually listen to the episode.
0: Yeah, that is that is that is. As
1: long as that's correct and yeah. says three point
0: five. Uh, okay, per- yeah, we'll make sure that does. that. Wait, four point five. Three point five. <laughs> Wrong. Tyler <laughs> was right. Johnny I went to I the.
1: Thought, I thought it was three
0: 5. All right. Anyway, so let's ask right, yeah, that's Meldor, exactly. All right, who should next? Call, We should just call Johnny. Fuck it, let's go. Who's next? It's fine if you want Collectors to call me. Two call me on Discord. <laughs> you can pop right in if you'd like. Johnny, talk anytime. You know how to get a hold of us. Then we could both leave because Johnny and yeah, just let them run the show. That'd that was the whole great. plan. That would be great. We'll just leave and you guys talk for yeah, half an well. hour. Well, I had to go to I had to go to McDonald's. I had to go get a drink. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So Mike, that's me.
2: If you had to give a rating on a scale of 3.5 to 3.5, <laughs> where would you rate this? That's tough. I'll give you a little wider range then. How okay. about if we go from a 1.0 yes to a 5.0. I, I thought you're going to say 3. 5 increments. you're
0: going to say 3.5. If we can go from 1.0 to 3.5, how would you rate this? <laughs> Cuz that's the highest score. I mean like, you know. Yeah. I will say this i'm going to start with my score okay do you want to guess what my score is i have it written down i want to see if i get it right i wrote it down what was my score for this game
1: i went with 4.5
0: 5.0 you fucker (laughs) yeah yeah this
1: sealed copy of the game was right on the desk i mean you could (laughs) have seen this coming
0: that's true yeah he's yeah i mean like look right there I've talked how many times have I talked about this game on this show and with you. You and know, you that's, still, kind of, that's kind of a you loose still assumption,
2: but that's kind of a loose assumption because you got a
0: shitload of graded games. But if you look around you and a lot, as funny as they are, a lot of them are really bad. But how many of them are nice? Anyway, this game is a 5.0 for me and I can't get past like this. When I was a child of of the era, I played this game a few years after it came out. And this was one of the first games I played where I was just like awestruck because before this I was playing, you know, you'd you'd play Dragster or you'd play like Kaboom and they're great games, but they all occur on like one page or they all had like very limited graphics or gameplay and you're like chasing a score or a speed or whatever it was. This was one of the first games I ever remember that had like along with adventure, right? An actual destination where I'm like, okay, you start on the screen. looks like Pitfall. Right, But below you, right below you, is this, it, I thought it was like some sort of sphinx or monkey. I didn't know what it was. Come to find out, it's Quick Claw the Cowardly Mountain Lion. I thought it was a twitchy monkey. But I knew you had to get to that guy. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, because I'm, I'm, what, a 10, 11, 12 years old, whatever it is, playing this game. And I'm like, I got to get to that guy. So, of course, I like beeline it. I go over and fall down as quickly as I can because he's right below you. Yeah. And I started going back, and that fucking rat was right there. Like, I was going to ask,
2: that rat pissed you off, didn't
0: Yeah, it? I was like, I can't jump over this rat. How do I get around this rat? Come to find out years later, and just a few weeks later, more <laughs> recently, you can actually capture the rat. You just got to sneak up on him. You can't go right at him. You got to sneak up on him. Never have done it. Yeah, get him from behind. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. So. I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, this I agree. <laughs> this <clears throat> this game was like literally about exploration for me. This game was very much going I didn't have a map. I didn't have a manual. I didn't know what all these things were. I figured out that the red crosses were like these points that it would take you back to. And I figured out that you couldn't die. And I figured out that there was a diamond in this other person. But I didn't really know that that you needed to get them. Right. I had no idea that that was the concept. I thought I had to I had to go get all the gold. And I, I had to get to this, this you know, what I, again, thought was something else. But winds up being Quick Claw. And I, I did beat this game. I beat this game 30 years ago, probably, I'd say, at least. More than 30 years, 35 years ago, probably. But I played it a lot, and I really enjoyed it, and it, it had music, it had feel, it had this whole different thing that I had never gotten from another video game before, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I never forgot about it. And it's not here, actually, it's up, where is it? In my, right here behind me,
2: What are you looking for? Oh, sitting right
0: here, Yeah. this Atari 2600 that's, that's playing the, you know, the intro here to the game. That is one of the very few things that I still have from when i was a kid that was like video game centric that cartridge is the, the game that i've probably had for well over 30 years now probably really? closer I, to I actually didn't know that yep oh. it absolutely is that's kind of cool nostalgic you yep. ring tear I, to my eye. I, I i when you knew me when i lived here 20 plus years ago it sat in the drawer in my desk when i moved to atlanta it was always in my drawer i had this drawer in my like computer desk because i was a computer nerd i had a computer desk before was i i still am i used to be i still am but i used to too (laughs) but i kept it in my desk and then one day i was like i would want to play that right like i always kind of kept those like physical artifacts of like if i could you know i didn't keep that many but that was one of the few i did and i still have it how many times did somebody sit down at your desk and
2: open a drawer and go hey there's a atari pitfall 2 in here hey nerd what the shit is this And, and, be like, like, and you're just like, yeah, it's been there for 30 years. I'm like,
3: aren't you just
0: supposed to be fixing the air conditioning? Why are you looking through my drawers? <laughs> What's going on here? Why are you here? Get, get out of my house. No, uh, not very often, I would say. Oh, okay. But it's just, it's just one of those things that I've always carried with me because I did have a genuine love for this game. So, yeah, the fact that you thought I would score to 4.5 tells me that you don't know me at all. You don't know me at all, Jay.
1: Get off my podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I didn't think uh, there's a new Jay in town. <laughs> I thought it would rank a little bit under the Legend of Zelda. It's 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 right up there as one of those games for me. Where if you were to say. Give me your. Well, if you had told me you
2: had the same fucking game for 30 years, maybe I would have said you got a 5.0. I have. I thought you bought this bullshit a week ago. I've said it on this
0: podcast. You just don't don't
2: listen listen to anything you say.
0: (laughs) When have you not figured that out? If that's the case, then you cannot later say, if you'd have told me this. (laughs) But I can, (laughs) and I will. (laughs) (laughs) Rabble, rabble, rabble. (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, this is one of those games that. It might not be the best game in the whole world, but it's probably one of the 10 most important games to me in my life. Mm. And it is one of the very few of all these great games. You could put them in a, you could put them in a box and set it on fire for, for a lot of these. Now the river raids and the pitfalls and all stuff. I I I do love most of them are, are are funny, right? Mm. But that's one I, I, I genuinely enjoy having. And I would honestly, at some point, I wouldn't even care if I broke it out of the case and just put it on the shelf And not in a case. It's fine. I don't give a crap. When that's not worth anything someday. (laughs) When people realize how many of these there are, when one of these days WADA releases a population report for Atari, and you know they don't because they're terrified (laughs) they're going to devalue the market instantly because people are going to go, oh, there's 5,000 9.8 A-plus pluses of this Star Wars game, (laughs) Jedi Arena, no shit. Anyway, so... But that being said this is one of those that i truly do care about so and it's a mario. it's a 5.0 for me so
2: thanks for dragging that out for 20 minutes and making me feel like a shell because i gave you a
0: 4.5 you're welcome so thank you for not listening hey no problem
2: happy i can help i'm <laughs> anyway. here for you All right. so i think we should talk about the mario trailer real quick you know there's a new mario movie coming out yeah.
0: our, our friend jackson keebler is in the chat from two consoles too late and he said thank you for not talking about the mario trailer i'm just not, joking we're not i'm not talking about that that movie can I, eat a bag of dicks wanna, i'm sure i'll watch it but it can eat a bag of dicks is that the one where jack black is going to be bowser and then like those like, i didn't think we were talking about this i know that's what i was trying to yes think. damn it i was let, i was hoping you'd just let me go with it Like we just say we wouldn't you talk know the about guy it from then. guardians of the galaxy's in it he's doing the voice on You mean it. guardians of the hood no guardians of the galaxy oh see i only know guardians of the hood tyler what do you think about guardians of the hood
1: i don't even know what guardians of the hood is i'm sorry (laughs) keep it that way young for this
0: it's a it's the uh what would you what would you call that the the spiritual successor to pit fighter (laughs) but it is more yes you don't want to know it is more of a robbie will fill us in it is more of a final fight type brawler than it is a pit fighter
1: is this a real game this is an arcade game
0: Uh, yes yeah
1: Alright. It's like all right, I understand why we're doing pitfall too. Why are we not doing Guardians of the Hood? <laughs> Who's ever heard of that? People oh, are like, wow. I hate to it? listen to guys talk about this game for three
0: hours because I never heard of it. Robbie's You're doing great. fucking cartwheels. I mean, Robbie right now. cannot <laughs> wait for us to call him, which is what we have to do Hell next yeah. anyway. <laughs> he cannot wait. <laughs> See, bro. <laughs> See, he's ready. So let's give Robbie a call. All right.
2: That's with uh why. Ribby? Ribby.
0: Oh yeah. Let me give Ribby. Whenever we
2: know. say that all I can think of is baseball. He's got two ribbies today
0: two ribs all right let me get on the bluetooth here connect this broadcaster can't leave the phone connected because anybody will just call now <laughs> and it'll be on be like okay i can't i think we should just share your phone number with everyone i've you done should. it before be it fine with me uh let's see all right mr mr ribby we're giving you a call mr ribby i know you're ready Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Today's show brought to you by Chex Mix, starring the one and only Mustache King of Chicago. 8-Bit Supremacy, Robbie Komen, everybody.
4: I'm bad!
5: Yes, that's right. The guardian of my hood. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois.
0: That, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> I'm glad you know where you live and which hood you guard.
5: So, <laughs> so Robbie? Well, I'm glad that, so, I'm glad that Tyler and you and What's his name? Jay. Jay, sorry. What's his name? Jay. What the <laughs> fuck?
0: <laughs>
5: Who's that guy that falls
0: asleep, sits on his phone and goes to the bathroom all the time?
5: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah. constantly misspelling my name on purpose to be a dick. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I'm glad he oh, yeah, brought,
2: brought, uh,
5: brought up the uh, show topic for me, which is uh, Pit Fighter 2. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Guardians of the Hood. <laughs> starring Sidewalk Jim.
5: No, no. St- starring Pitfighter Harry.
0: Oh, Pitfighter Harry. That's right. Pitfighter Harry. Yep. Yeah.
5: Yeah. What's his it's niece's pit, name? He's, he's, he's Rhoda? Pitfall Harry's brother. Yeah, older
0: it's, his niece's name is
2: Rhoda. He's got a crackhead <laughs> monkey named Quick Cat. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: How are you, sir?
5: Yeah. That was a good intro, right? I, I thought so. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Well played. Hey, I'm say, all right.
0: say hello to our friend Tyler.
5: Hey, what's up, Tyler?
1: Hey, Robbie. We'll
5: what's get to have man? you on the
1: show, on my show
5: yeah. here. Good, though, good uh, glad to be on your show, kind of.
2: Are we trading? <laughs> Am I going to Collector's Quest? Is that
0: what happened? <laughs> I think you're getting sent down. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm not <laughs> going to say it. What?
5: I got to be honest here. I, um, you know, feel a little little uh difficult about the episode choice at first but because i never played it classic right i don't play the games that we guys talk about true but uh i did a little homework watched some videos and i was fucking impressed by what i saw so i take everything back about me uh this and the uh show topic choice
0: yeah I wasn't gonna say anything, but Robbie was not too keen on the the topic, and I will because say I just thought no, it.
5: I, thought, I was like, "Oh God, we're playing. We're doing an Atari 2600 game with the bleeps and the bloops." And I agree. That I don't care about. I don't care about at all because I was born in '84 and I barely missed a boat on all that stuff.
2: And Did I, you hear that banging drum
1: beat, like, though? Shittiest games though. You were like, yeah, but <laughs> at least, at least
5: you're playing Atari at least, game. But, but there's at least fucking you can you can know what's going on in terms of like realized images of objects and people oh it's not my just God. a fucking so you, dot it's a fucking dot like it like moves like in a...
1: your brain to have your own fun it's
5: amazing fuck that fuck that that brings me, to my, that brings me to my point at least I, I like at least somewhat of a realized comprehensive idea or story not just something that loops endlessly that you're shooting a dot into another fucking dot. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and
0: it, it that's every and Atari me. game, and I take wild exactly. offense to that's that. Why the,
5: that's why I groaned. That's why I groaned when you guys brought it up. I was like, oh no. And it, what are we going to talk, talk about this for like two hours? I, here I, we are in like the fourth fucking hour, apparently, talking I, about an Atari games.
0: I agree, and I, I know that it was a tough sell because I understand, like, in general, Atari 2600 games are very mundane, they are very archaic, and sometimes they can be very difficult to follow and play. I would not subject you to something like that. And I'm glad yes, that you no. did some research and you right. found out that this game is actually a game, right? Yes, it's, it it's,
5: yeah. it's actually a game, and that's why I'm like, I, I, I want to play it now. I'm like, man, I, I kind of missed the boat. Because like, I got I had an Atari for a little bit I got from a Yard Sale when I was like a really young teenager. And I got all the standard shit. like The freeway, the oinker, whatever the fuck it's called, and the froggers, all that stuff. I play it and I just shelved it immediately. Like didn't really like, get much use at all. So I don't have like a lasting nostalgic impression of the Atari's twenty six hundred. Most but, um, of
0: my memories of the console are not good. Most of my yeah. memories of the console are going, This version of Pac-Man is terrible. Or I don't know where the hell I'm going in this game. Like like E. T. is a good example where I was just like, I fell in a pit. I think those are Reese's Pieces. I flew out of the pit. This guy's after me. How do I get away from him? I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, that was most of my memories of the Atari.
5: I already had an NES. I'd grown up with one since I was, like, one or fucking two years old. My older sisters had one already. I'd already had that and been exposed to that world. And then I had my mind blown by all that. So I was taking a step back to, like, just I already had that, like, weird instinct to, like, want to go backwards and see what where it all came from in this. This and that in terms of video games, so it's kind of doing my own little personal research. But so I wasn't just living through the Atari era, like as it came out. So stepping backwards to see that shit, it made it really look shitty. It's compared tough. To what I was already exposed to.
0: It's a tough sell.
5: I agree. But had, if I if I had a lot of games that I gotten from my neighbor's yard sale back in the day, if it had Pitfall Two in it, I guarantee I would have been into it and played it yep. just as much as I would have played Ninja Gaiden or fucking okay, whatever I was playing at the time.
0: You know how happy it makes me to hear you to hear you say this?
5: Yeah, I mean, I... It's I, awesome. I'll, I'm more excited I'm to hear you know, him and Tyler so talk about this. I haven't talked to you about any of this shit. Nope. Like, or anything about the episode. We usually talk before an episode, but we didn't this time. And I've been so busy, know, yeah. I'm glad, I could, I'm glad I, could, I could announce it live to the nine viewers that I'm sorry that I... Pooh poohed your choice for this for this episode at first.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I will say well, that. I'm so happy yeah, that go you're go. able to sit down and
1: watch some YouTube videos instead of playing a game that, with a map, I think these two guys beat in about 15
5: minutes. <laughs> well, I don't have a way of playing it, personally. Like, I, I was like, uh, I have like a day or two to, fucking to play You literally go to
1: archive.org. You don't even need to download an emulator, it just plays in your browser. What am I going to do? Play on a, a fucking keyboard and a, and a mouse? Two, like, arrow keys and control will be fine. I promise. I'm not going to.
5: Okay, I'm going to bust out my mk and my, my mortal combat fight stick and play fucking pitfall 2 through an emulator on my computer that'd be fucking yeah, ridiculous
1: that sounds great do it stop being if you're such an elitist snob then buy it is pitfall 2 5 out of 5 from the
5: ljm podcast i don't Did have, have any a, this brings me to my next fucking point i don't have a way to play this and i was hoping that, that fucking shitty atari 50 switch thing that i'd gotten in the mail the other day i was gonna have it on there and i was like why are, is it on? this is so great they're why all the atari games Th-
0: those are all Atari like developed games. Right? This is Activision. I know,
5: but like, come on, man! It's a fucking Atari. <laughs> it's under the umbrella of Atari. I don't, I don't know that the the weird right distribution between Activision and what can and can't be on there. I was just expecting classic games you associate with Atari. Like, there's not even Pitfall on here. Oh, right, Activision. But like, I was, I guess I wasn't like didn't have all my eggs in that basket. But I was like, kind of like, oh, I hope it's on there so I can play it before the show. But it wasn't. I don't have an Atari. I sold my Atari off like a, two years ago with all the games because I never played it and it just sat there.
0: So number one, we'll get you an Atari and we'll find yeah, you I a I play copy. my
5: fucking games, yep. Tyler, that I own, the physical one. I don't just buy bullshit computer games and put them on a shelf.
0: <laughs> best, Valdor best says ever. Valdor says this game is a 3.5, but this conversation is a 5.
5: That's right. This is a spicy topic, man. That's John
0: said he wants the
2: entire episode of just you and Tyler arguing. I think we can make that happen. I love
5: Tyler. Let me just put this up. I love Tyler, but yeah, we we come from mildly different worlds of collecting and viewpoints. But it's cool. He talks shit on me. I talk shit on him. We hug it out at the end of the day.
1: If you're gonna have to play physical media of everything and you don't want to emulate anything, then you better own every fucking game. So I want to see you start building that collection, man.
5: I mean, I kind of do if you were talking about NES.
1: But we're <laughs> not talking about NES here! <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the NES, <laughs> man! <laughs> show! <laughs> I tried.
0: I picked something that was not an NES game and brought Tyler on <laughs> because I never hear the end of all that. That's All we ever talk about the last three games we've talked about were a Genesis game, a I mean, PlayStation got- game, and an Atari
5: twenty six hundred game. And so, Dude, I was like a I was like a lost puppy dog on the PlayStation fucking game, and it's like a popular, high selling game. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't played. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It but was like, even like, an arcade. Dude, you, dude, mean, work there. you got you got two guys here with full NES sets. Of course, there's plenty of fodder, and it's going to be. NES stuff chosen all the time like why not man that's just right there for us I'm I'm sitting next to like 700 however many games are on the set I should know that but I'm sitting next to them and I could just grab whatever and play it I don't have any Atari games so I have no way of playing that
2: and Tyler for the record he didn't play Ridge Racer either he just watched a video
5: no, why actually, is he on this no, show? What's no, going on? No, no, no. I didn't Jimmy watch. The, I, I did not watch a video. I watched the loop of the attract oh, mode yeah. on the TV <laughs> in the background of their live stream.
0: <laughs> on his phone.
5: <laughs> on my phone. On my phone.
0: The Johnny. Uh, Johnny says wherever Tyler goes, this, people why argue why with I him. am
5: on this podcast? Because I'm a lifelong seasoned gamer. That's why.
0: Yep. And because we love him.
5: Yeah. And I. I It's the mustache for me. You didn't play Ridge Racer
1: because you thought it was, like, beloved, so, like, people would like it. You know that Pitfall 2 is somewhat beloved, so you wouldn't like it. But if this was just, like, some bullshit, like, Laser Blast, like a game that kind of no one likes, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I gotta play that to tell the people that, like, Laser Blast is pretty Okay. (laughs) got Fuck one that. second no, of gameplay that repeats because for you know 20 what? minutes, but yeah, it, laser, a, everyone should play Laser
5: Blast. Reason no, why? because it's a, it's a dot <laughs> shooting at another dot with bleeps and bloops, man. I'm not that's doing that shit. So I'm not that's doing all that. all Laser
0: Blast is.
5: <laughs> so you're talking Laser Invasion from the NES. Let's play that.
0: Uh <laughs> So what would you score this game on a scale of 1.0? No, we're,
5: we're going. Man, don't don't interrupt this, man. We are yeah, going. We're, we're, we're ripping here. We're ripping on these uh these bleeps and bloops.
2: Okay. Tyler, what's your feeling on Pit Fighter?
1: Uh Pit Fighter sucks and has always sucked. I what? mean, that's not exactly a, a hot take here.
2: What about Mortal Kombat? Do you have a really
1: forsaken really Genesis? I, I can't talk. I, I'm I'm here with Mike. I don't want to hurt his feelings.
0: Tyler's not a fan you. of the fighting game genre. No. Yeah, not to surprise. the degree we are.
5: Big surprise. I'm of just in
0: the pot. That's all I'm Of different eras.
5: It's fine. I, I, you're not going to hurt my feelings hey, if you but, tell uh, me that you, you, you don't like it. Aren't you the same age as me, though? Aren't you the same age as me?
2: He's how old are you, Tyler? He's not talking to me. I got like 10 years.
5: How old are you, Tyler? I'm, I was born He wasn't talk to me. Oh God! Like, is he clamming up? clamming
0: up now. You're not saying anything. So Josh, oh,
2: that was fucking John.
0: Yeah, I was waiting for that. I knew that was coming.
2: Oh my God! I'm going yeah. home. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's gone I'm now. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone.
5: I'm still going home. Up?
0: John showed up, so of course Jay left. <laughs> anyway, okay.
5: Wait, I'm lost now.
0: Nothing. Tyler's here. Tyler, say hello. Hey guys. There you go.
5: So anyway, Hi, I beat this F- F- quest
1: podcast. Welcome to The Lost Joystick Network, episode 37.
5: That's
0: correct.
1: So anyway, I beat some games. Pitfall 2, one of the best games ever made.
5: Correct. Be- I beat some games since we last
0: talked. What have you what have you played besides the uh, shitty I- Atari 50 that did not include Pitfall 2?
5: I actually didn't even play that. I just read the back of it, and I was like, oh, there's no pitfalls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, Maybe this is one way I could play it before the show. Fuck. <laughs>
5: yeah, basically. <laughs> I
0: knew it. I knew it. It's still cool. Like I said, it's still cool. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
5: no, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I played through uh, Samurai Showdown 1 entirely, which I've never done before. That's a good Damn. That, for the For the, uh, the fellow fighting game enthusiasts that you have on the show tonight.
0: Did you play it through the Sega CD version or did you play the no, Super Nintendo version or did you play the, it at uh, the arcade?
5: The San- I played it on the Samurai Showdown Switch Collection. Okay. Physical- yeah, did I have a physical copy of it, but I was like, oh, I'm going to start going through all these because I just always have loved them, but I never really devoted time to learn the games like I would a Street Fighter or MK game, but it's like... They're fucking great, man. Even the first one's great.
0: They are great. And they're, they are they can be button mashers, right? If you don't know what the hell you're doing. Well,
5: they, they can be, but yeah, it's like they they did great. Well, they, they had a four-button scheme to work with, and they made it work somehow with like a six-button type ordeal. You, I don't know. It, it's it's, it's a good game. Interesting how it's a good game. But uh, I beat that, and I beat Shredder's Revenge, which is a phenomenal callback to classic beat-em-ups. I'm sure everybody's played it at this point maybe maybe not but uh i was a little late to the party on playing that but i finally got a physical copy in the mail and you know me tyler I like to play those games i own so pop that sucker in and played that all the way through
0: sending you a copy I can of laser hear jay, blast I can
5: hear jay weaving over there
0: <laughs> it's true he was
5: <laughs> I'm, gonna send, shit.
0: I'm gonna send you a copy of laser blast so you have to play it
5: Laser. Is that a real game? Or just making it? I'm sure it's a real game. Laser Blast. It's the 80s. They were all called Laser Blast. I'm assuming he's referring to something like Mission Control but you know, whatever. Or Missile Command, whatever the fuck it's called. Sorry. Uh, last but not least...
1: Missile Command, another game where you're a dot shooting dots. dots. Yeah,
5: that, yep, dot shooting a dot, a dot shooting a line, actually. You're dot shooting a line. Atari's
4: um, pretty advanced the last,
5: stuff. The last game I played all the way through a wild guess what it is. I posted about that's it on my Instagram. Reason.
0: Mortal Kombat 3.
5: No, I've beaten that plenty of times
0: though. Oh.
5: A better Oh, uh, I saw a,
0: this. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Uh, it, was a, it was an NES
5: game. Right under your fucking nose. We've been talking about it like half the time here. Pit Fighter. Super Pitfall? Yeah. yeah. Pit Fighter. I beat it. <laughs> oh, so, oh, yeah, that's right. Cool. Remember, I was like obsessed with getting into it. I, I I got to the the boss on accident, like the first attempted playthrough. So I got hooked, <laughs> and I was like, just play through that broken piece of shit, and I made it. I made it.
0: You'll you'll play that, but we can't get you to play Pitfall 2. I'm I was. I didn't have time. I actually
5: wanted to play it after I saw the video. I was like, man, I fucked up. I should have played. Yep, this. it's a good one. It's a good. One. So,
0: you know, I know you, you 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 rated Ridge Racer based off of the. Thirteen-inch CRT television over my shoulder on the live stream <laughs> of the marquee of the game during a Twitch stream that you watched on your phone. So it was probably twelve pixels by twelve pixels big. Now that you've yeah, watched that was, a couple that, of videos,
5: that was that was my uh, me and my my protest against why you didn't choose hard driving
0: instead. <laughs> Look, hard driving rules.
5: Okay. You okay?
1: You want to do oh, that oh, next oh, week? Oh, wait, combat.
5: whoa, whoa, did you did you just say? What I think you said.
1: Uh, did I say hard driving rules? I think Damn, dude, I love hard bat, driving so much, go I'll play hard driving hard on Genesis driving. And still rules.
5: You can go to bat for hard driving, but slam pit fighter. <laughs> yeah. my friend. Well,
1: the Tiss-tiss. hard driving arcade game is, like, fucking incredible because yeah. it runs at a high that, frame yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That game is so good that even when it runs at one frame a second on Genesis, it's still a good game.
5: All right. I, might I, I, can, I, I like that you have heart about it, so I'm going to let that one slide.
0: <laughs> You're so passionate, I can't shit all over you.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how so,
0: would you how would you score this game, Robbie? And how, why is it a
5: 5.0? Hypothetically, if I were to play it, I'm assuming I would give it a 4.0. Because it looks like it's right up my alley. Because it's like a comprehensive realized Atari game with fucking music playing, which is you guys talked to death earlier on the show, which is a big shocker. It's the first thing I noticed when I opened up and watched the video, I'm like, Whoa, there's a fucking background music. Yep. It's, immediately. It's, you know, yep. Immediately.
0: It's, those, it's those drums. So, so 4.0 might I interest you in a
5: 4.5? No, because at the end of the day, it's still an Atari <laughs> 2600 game. <laughs>
0: That's fair. I'm I was kidding. Of course, but, <laughs> um,
5: 3.5? but yeah, it looks cool. I, I want to play it. I've, didn't, I didn't know any knowledge about who made it or who made the first one because I had not done my research on that shit. But the only reason I knew David Crane's name is because of Boy His Blob, which is not that great of a game.
0: Yeah, didn't he but, do it? What was the tennis game that he did too?
5: He did a tennis game? Yeah. Tyler would know he that probably, amazing right? Amazing Tennis.
0: Amazing Tennis. That's it. For what? Oh, I don't know. Commodore. Oh. It was. I don't know if it's worth playing. It didn't seem like it was to me. So I
5: wonder. I wonder if Boing's blob is David Crane's like big. I don't know. Big like project where he thought it was going to blow people's fucking socks off, but then it's just kind of like mildly received and like kind of complicated and clunky. It was definitely that. It was that. It definitely it was that. Cool. It was cool conceptually, but I feel like uh, Pitfall Two makes more sense. It's like like everybody's saying, ten minutes, you're in, you're out it's like a pretty simple. Everything's pretty easy to figure out. Don't need a manual. Yep. Kind of very true. Yeah. So Four. I think that's it. I didn't really buy anything aside from the Atari 50 game. I thought it was going to have pitfall two on it. Maybe, but uh, <laughs> it's still good. I think you'll still like it. Like if you bought it, it's worth it. No, I bought it. Because, I didn't buy it because of that. Yeah. I bought it because I was like, this, this interests me. Like I, because I, I'm always a sucker for any retro compilation ever. And I didn't get the, there's like another Atari compilation for the Switch that I just passed on because I was like, I'm not paying that much money for these games. But this one seems cool because it has all these historical stuff involved and videos and interviews and stuff. So I like that shit. It's like it's, an interactive DVD or some
0: shit. It's, it is. And it's neat. Like they find the first space war, right? Like the first space war cabinet that ever got made. It's like the first cabinet of the first video game arcade stand up that they ever made. So it was, it's kind of neat what, what's on there. So, all right. Well yeah
5: with it's that been, uh, anything else no I, got
1: anything
0: else for me uh,
5: Tyler? Just,
1: nothing I, I don't have any more shit to give you
0: <laughs> I'm all out of <laughs> shit until, to next, give you.
5: until next time
0: so until next time once again this segment brought to you by Chex Mix the number one food snack in the land it's a cereal taste you can eat with your hand Eight bit supremacy Robbie Coleman, everybody.
4: All
0: right. Robbie's disconnected. He is. That's what's the next thing I had to check because these guys they like to hang out. Stick around. You never know when they're gonna pop up. Where did John come from? He was part of he's part of this group that we're connected to. If I disconnected and called Tyler directly, he wouldn't be able to jump in. Oh, okay. Which maybe I should do because then he's going to get computer space. That is right. Sorry, not David not space Crane's war. amazing tennis came out on the Super Nintendo. FYI, yeah. He also, I believe, uh, Kalen also mentioned that it was. Oh, yes he did. Yes. He beat me yep. to it. Damn. So it was computer space, Thanks, not space war. Space war was the game that was on the like the mainframes in the sixties. That was like the first video game. So maybe we should call. It
2: to, uh, Robbie back, so him and Tyler can hear yeah, me about it some more. We'll call Robbie in a couple weeks. That was some good shit. We
0: need a whole episode it's just <laughs> Tyler and Robbie. Those two riffing on each other. That's so, good. Uh, so Tyler, hey, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. So what? you've heard
0: you've heard everybody else's reviews here in the LGN game review segment, which has now been 45 million hours long. <laughs> I'm going to ask you yeah, now.
1: Did I hear a 3.5 in there for Pitfall Two? Yeah. And I remember the critic reviews, which was a mix of, like, actual critical reviews and then, like, community crowdsourced reviews for, like, top 100 games. Not, like, top 10, top 100. And if I remember, Pitfall 2 is at literally the number one spot on both of those lists. That's correct. And I predicted that because that's how much I know this is a beloved game. And I still heard a 3.5 in there. That'd be me. And now I'm going to give it a score, and it's going to count as much as the guy who watched a YouTube video on it. <laughs>
0: Well, to be fair, I think most people, uh, you know, hold your opinion in higher regard. But I'm just kidding. I never, I'm just kidding. <laughs> i was trying to be a smart ass to Robbie, but that's fine. But yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. You're going to be put right next Robbie to him.
1: I'm a fucking documentary. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. So, yes, these are all accurate. Thank you for providing some perspective around, you know, the fact that, every you know, whether you're a dullard or the smartest person in the world, your vote still counts for one <laughs> vote.
1: I think uh which one were you calling Robbie? There, you?
0: <laughs> I wasn't uh, really uh, it was really neither of you. <laughs> and now I think that might about, have been
2: meant for the guy in the room with him.
0: Bad analogy. <laughs> I should have not used. Go on.
1: Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how I feel about pitfall 2 now. Um that David Crane uh he's a genius. So Before, Like, he invented Pitfall 1, and, like, the concept of, like, a flip screen platformer did not exist. And he's just like, hey, I'm going to basically set the template for an entire genre. And then we have, it's not side-scrolling, but he has the the sideways movement prototype of running and jumping is the mechanic for a platformer. And, yeah, Donkey Kong, like, invented that, but that's a single screen. No one cares about single screen games. Get the fuck out of here. And then he has to come up with a sequel. It's like a year later uh, or a like year and a half. It wasn't like it's there's two years apart, but it wasn't like two full years. Yeah,
0: it was About you. a year later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so he basically like it's not reinventing the genre again. But in 1984, that's really the year where platformers went from like one dimensional games to two dimensional games. And there's a lot of big ones you could put in that slot. Uh, you guys mentioned Montezuma's Revenge. That's one that has, like, keys and tools. Jet Set Willy is another one that's just, like, an enormous map. That's a ZX Spectrum game. And then, like, Impossible Mission is another. You can go both sideways and up and down. And that adds, like, puzzle elements. And then you've got Pitfall 2. All these games are doing different stuff, so I I don't even know which one to say that is, like, the most important. I want to say Pitfall 2 is, just because it's the follow-up to Pitfall, but I I think it probably isn't. But the thing with Pitfall 2, that the... fact that you can't die and that like it was very specifically designed to be a game for the enjoyment of exploring that is like such a unique concept i can't it's like i almost can't get over how ahead of its time that is because if something like that came out on ps5 you'd be like oh a game where you can't lose or you just walk around and and shit happens that's like what that's like half of games that come out now but for that to come out in 1984 on atari is is just absolutely ridiculous so and then you hear David Crane talk about making these games and like he cannot help but go into the hardware and what it took to get games running on a 2600 and and oh every screen and pitfalls made of eight bits and you know we have all these elements combined to to make a screen and pitfall it, like he doesn't talk like a game designer you you hear Shigeru Miyamoto talk about designing Zelda you're walking around in his backyard collecting bugs and like uh, the sky is blue in Mario because of how it makes me feel and shit. Like, David Crane doesn't do any of that shit. He he talks like an engineer, like a fucking boring engineer, but he's still a genius. <laughs> that is correct. Um, and yeah, and, and like Pitfall 2 is just such this this revolutionary game. I think it's got a ton of, like, besides, we've talked about the technical stuff to death, but just like the replay value. Like, I, I've been kind of facetiously saying, like, you could just breeze through Pitfall 2 in 10 minutes yeah if you have a map yeah <laughs> and and if anyone's listening to this podcast and hasn't played pitfall 2 i'm going to i'm going to recommend not looking at a map here's what i'll recommend i understand how intimidating it is to go into a game that you don't really want to play in the first place and not have a map look at a pitfall 2 map to get the idea of how the game is laid out the game is basically laid out in three big columns so if you understand what the map looks like, it's really easy to relatively position yourself in the map without completely giving away all the fun of exploring it. Um so I think that's a good way to approach Pitfall 2 if you haven't played it before.
0: I think that's an um, excellent recommendation. I would concur a hundred percent.
1: And then yeah, once you've so I've never had a perfect game. A perfect game is ridiculous. Getting all the gold and never getting hit. Uh I know a lot of guys on Atari have done it. Um I've I've never had the motivation but I've had motivation to go back and explore and and find all the gold at least. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of replay it's... value. and There's not a lot of games there, like I'm I think I'm like Robbie in that I want to beat games and then get on to the next game and beat more games because I really like like getting stuff out of my backlog. So any game where I beat it and I want to play it more that is that is an incredibly rare thing for me. And Pitfall 2 is definitely a game that makes mm. me feel that.
0: Well, Robbie says in chat, yes, we are friends again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there there is an element to where it almost feels like it's cheating, calling it the best Atari 2600 game. It is both design and technology. It's like it doesn't even belong on the console. It's, it's better than most early NES games. Like Pitfall 2 is more advanced than fucking Clue Clue Land. Oh, by like, far. It's just like a single screen grid game and Pitfall 2 is an entire adventure. Uh, one thing is, uh, after playing the Atari eight bit version, I gotta say the twenty six hundred version feels like just a little bit small. I realize there's there's a lot of replay value. there's a lot of stuff to find. You could always go for the perfect game. It's a little bit to get a ten out of ten, the games that get a ten out of ten or five out of five, you know, like doom, Super Metroid, they have like such an it factor. I'm, t- I'm going to give Pitfall 2 a 4.5. Even though fully recognizing it's one of the best games ever made.
5: Man, uh, and I'm, you,
0: you split me and Mike. I thought <laughs> you were going to go five. I really did. I
1: know. I, I thought I was going to go five too. But you know what? I mean, like comparing it to like Super Metroid and like Link's Awakening, like I'm sorry. A, a game that I could but... breeze through in, in 10 minutes is not going to go up against The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's uh. I understand it's just that. It's not gonna happen.
0: I understand that. What game on the Atari twenty six hundred is better?
1: So, this is funny because I grew up with an Atari twenty six hundred. Even though I'm only thirty three, I think. And a Game Gear. And a Game Gear. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad had an Atari, and he just like gave it to me one day. So I grew up with a Sega Genesis and an Atari twenty six hundred. So I had like nine Sega Genesis games, but had like twenty five Atari games. So. As a kid, when you only have nine games to play, it's like, well, this thing sucks. It has 25 games. So, I mean, like, I'm getting bored playing the same games all the time. Let's play some Atari games. But I had Kaboom on Atari 2600 as Mm -hmm. a kid. And Jay, who designed Kaboom?
0: Bob Crane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, Hogan's heroes himself. I'm going to guess it's Mike Lorenzen. No, it's Bob Crane. (laughs) I'm going to guess it's Mike Lorenzo. I'm going Bob Crane. It's Larry Kaplan, But David
1: Crane did the graphics for Cabello. I just go. wanted him to say David Crane.
0: No, I didn't want he to say David
1: Crane. I realize we've only said uh, David Crane's name like probably 50 times on the show. <laughs>
2: but he couldn't we remember it. Name. No, what? Really? I was trying to be funny. One time I tried to be funny and nobody likes it.
1: <laughs> no, I it, didn't understand your joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, I got the joke. Bob but, Crane is a... He doesn't know who Bob Crane is. You understand oh. that, that reference is like... I, that's a TV show that was on the 60s. Yeah, you know.
2: Look, I just thought people knew about Bob Crane. He was a drunk that had hookers around all the time.
1: I thought you old people <laughs> knew about Atari. But well, here we are.
0: <laughs> I bet you I know one guy who knew about Atari, Bob Crane. <laughs>
2: Probably did in between his hookers and
0: whiskey. Yeah, well, you know, he had to have something to do. Sometimes you got to come down. He was doing the quick claws Coke. Maybe he was his dealer. He could have been. Okay. All right. So Bob Crane provide cocaine. Yeah, should be co mountain lion is where we've gotten to tonight. I got it. Okay. Perfect. So four point five. Got it. Uh
1: interview kaboom is five out of five.
0: You're gonna give kaboom a five, but you're gonna give a single screen game with high so replayability.
1: Like I could play kaboom for an hour and a game of kaboom lasts like ninety seconds. It's just like the most intense thing. It's like Robotron because it's just like the fastest thing and it gives you that hit of of dopamine and adrenaline immediately. I could and you know there's another David Crane game that might be the Atari 2600 game I play the most because I play it at work, Dragster. You can play a game of Dragster in 7 seconds. Yep. So there's there's a, an it's... arcade machine in the break room and literally every time I pass the arcade machine, I'm like one of the only people who plays it. So I just keep it up on Dragster. I'll play a game of Dragster in seven fucking seconds. It's fucking awesome. And that's something that like only Atari can give you that. That's, having a full game experience in seven seconds.
0: That is, that is valid. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the LJN game ratings for now. That was painful. It was not. I had a great time. Oh, okay. So we're going to move on to where could you play this game today? And by today, I mean 30 and 40 years ago. I was going to so say, Jay, are we doing this for Robbie? Yeah, Jay, tell me, tell me what platforms this game was released on.
2: The good old Atari 2600, which has been the topic for the last two and a half hours. Yep. Um, the Atari 5200. Yep. The eight, Atari 8 bit computers, so the 400 and the 800, et cetera, et
0: cetera. There's a number of them, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot.
2: Um, Apple II, ColecoVision, Commodore 64, IBM PC Junior, MSX. TRS
0: eighty, the Tandy TRS eighty, yep,
2: and ZX Spectrum. What else? Sega Arcade, the SG one thousand.
0: So, the SG one thousand version of this game is on like a card, right? The, the S, yeah, the Sega My Card. Yeah, the Sega My Card. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Just you know, looks like a hue card or like an early Master System game, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but there is a Sega Arcade port of this game, and it looks f- it weird. It has like icicles and all kinds of, there's, there's a, uh, what like volcanoes exploding in the background and like all the vault, the lava balls come down on your head and stuff. And, oh, and lightning bolts. And yeah. All the lightning bolts. Wild and, shit. And, yeah. So it's like this, like dressed up port of the game and it didn't look like a lot of fun to me. No, it didn't look very good. No. So anyway, yeah.
1: Well, see, the thing is I, I never played the arcade version. Did that even come out in America?
0: I don't know I if it did. I've only
1: learned about that while it might have been in
0: Europe things. only or Japan only. I don't know.
1: Okay. Like the joy of Pitfall 2 is exploring and not dying. And an arcade game is like if you're playing this longer than three minutes, like the game is set up incorrectly. So yeah. it's kind of at odds with how they play.
0: And that's how I was getting at earlier. Like you cannot die. You can just get to zero points and you go back to where you last, you know, had your checkpoint. So that's not exactly, you know, that doesn't facilitate a good arcade experience for the operator, right? He's like, Well, this kid's been here all day and I've made twenty five cents. That's that's not good. Gonna go out business like that. Anyway, all right. So, what are we on to next, Jay? We're on to collecting, my friend. <clears throat> yes. Can you give me some info? Absolutely. So, gonna talk a little bit about collecting for the Atari twenty six hundred. I know there are a number of versions, which I now have to buy all of. I didn't know that. I gotta buy all these now. So all right. yep, it's gonna be my first ZX Spectrum game someday. You can count on that. So anyway, talk a little bit about the collecting for the Atari 2600. This loose cartridge, about 20 bucks. Okay. And a complete in box. Again, now that everything is con, you know, uh, condition sensitive from a price perspective, it was about 80 bucks. You can find sealed copies of this game loose, like raw, ungraded for around $200. Not super expensive. They're not in great shape, but uh, they do exist. Graded. There are quite a few sales of this game, okay, and I'm just going to go over a few of them really quickly. The most expensive version of this game and the highest grade also are the same, so that should not surprise anybody. But the highest grade for this game is a 9.8 A plus plus, which is basically as nice as you can get through WADA, right? These are all WADA graded games, and just over two years ago, that game sold for 1,080 dollars. Now. Atari 2600 version 9.4 A+, sold for $360 on August 17th, 2021. Nine or ten, what, what is that? Ten months later in mm-hmm. June, the exact same grade of that game sold for 244 So that's what? Like a 75% or 25% decrease in price, yeah. right? Over the course of 10 months. They, and then uh, our 9.0 A+, sold for $144 in, in July of this year. That's pretty fucking cheap. Yeah. And look, I, like I said, if you don't care about the grade and you just want like a nice copy of the game, a nine A plus, pretty nice for an Atari game. I mean, don't don't let the don't let the other you know the, the people who collect the graded games you know you know hear we say that because I might get kicked out of the club. You might. Like eight point five is shit. You know that's for that's for the trash people. Anyway, I digress. And the most interesting thing that I found while digging through all this on WADA is a prototype for this game sold for $360 in September. I would have bought that. I didn't there know that. There's no
2: grading or anything on it, though? Just a prototype. Where
0: was that. I would have bought that. <laughs> I know. That's what I said. I was like, it was on Heritage Auctions, and it sold for 360 bucks in September. And I'm mad that I missed so it.
1: Was it an Atari 2600 prototype? I
0: believe it was.
1: Oh man, we fucked up.
0: We did fuck up. Well, it's a good thing we weren't bidding <laughs> against each other then. <laughs> or either one but of, tw- either
1: of us would have bid like crazy for it. No, so. no,
0: no. That's, that's but I would
1: true. have been like, yeah, I'll pay 400 bucks for it. I agree.
0: I got the, stuff the same thing. I'm like, I could have maybe got it for 380. And I was all like, damn it. <laughs> so, anyway, there are no population reports on WADA for Atari games. Again, my personal theory is that they don't want everybody to know how many there are. Because they're constantly selling them. Every auction, every Tuesday night little mini-boss auction that Heritage does has a copy of River Raid. It has a copy of Pete Rose Baseball. It has a copy of, like, Ice Hockey or whatever. It is. There's all these games that they have graded so many of. Unless they're just reselling the same game every, mo- every week, which they're not. But it's just there are just so many. And I think it would be fascinating once they finally release what those numbers are. Because it's going to be a, a high population, I'd bet. So, anyway... All right. So uh yeah.
1: 2 was is definitely one of the games that Atari distributors had left over and like it's literally oh, yeah. been on sale since 1984. Um so I don't know if you've ever bought games from like Lance at Video 61 or um there's like there's like three or four big Atari distributors. I I've literally only mostly bought from uh Lance.
0: And they still but, sell yeah. games.
1: Yeah. So an un- up until 2020 or when everything started getting big, that's when people started buying him out. But, like, literally, if you wanted a sealed copy of Pitfall 2, you could go up to him. It, Pitfall, Pitfall 2 was, like, 100 bucks because that was the most popular Atari game or, like, one of the most beloved Atari games in terms of gameplay. But he was selling, you know, Pac-Mans for 40 bucks, Donkey Kongs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yars Revenge, you know, a bunch of games like that like 10 bucks each so
0: and those are all gone now
1: star games like this stuff was bought out but it is still somewhere and pitfall 2 is very very much one of these games
0: correct and, th- and that's to my point in that there was so much dead stock of so many of these games that people finally said oh you know i'm gonna take all these star wars games because they're star wars and now you've talked about this before yourself but you know like the first one sells for four thousand. the first 9.8 a plus plus a week later the exact same game is for sale again and it's, it's, it goes for half as much. And then the week after that, it's the same thing because people start to realize like, wow, I have a 9.8, a plus plus. Yes. You and 75 other people. And there aren't that many people who care enough to pay that much for a game like that. There's just not. So yeah, to your point, there's still a lot of dead stock that either still exists in raw format or has been graded and, and is out there. But for some reason, they don't want us to know how many. So anyway. That's a little bit about the collecting of Pitfall for the Atari 2600. Jay, why don't you tell me a little bit about the speed running of Pitfall 2, the Lost Caverns for the Atari 2600? I'd
2: be happy to. Thank you. So there was four runners on it. Sounds like Godzilla. Four runners and uh, nine runs. So um, as far as the run type for all of them, it was uh, any percent. So it was just getting it done. And again, these are all for the 2600. So this is just going to be the one level. It's not the the secret level as well. The secret lost cavern, right? So. The
0: real lost cavern. Yes, <laughs> that um, bullshit Atari lost cavern that everybody knows about, where the diamonds and golds are. So,
2: it, ironically, even though there was nine runs, the four runners all all four of them had a time on here, which is nice. Correct. So the, you the didn't top four seeing, scores yeah. are the
0: four people who ran it. Yes, that should not be of any surprise to anybody.
2: Well. It could be the same person then two.
0: It could, but I don't think you get to register first and second place. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know.
2: I don't know. But uh, as far as the runs, again, any percentage, uh, Ricky Boy underscore EA 96 ran at the quickest at four minutes and nine seconds. You, you could watch that on YouTube. Yep. Uh, we actually That's the one we watch. Yeah. I would also say that you finish and I'll get to the what I was going to say. Okay. okay. And then uh, we got console player Century did it in four minutes and 22 seconds then we got toad twenty-two four eight four. did it in four minutes and 30 seconds so it's not huge i mean no it's not a huge disparity and then of course the fourth one is Vinny underscore van of course at four minutes and 40 seconds and those are all from speedrun as always
0: i believe if i saw if i if i remember correctly the fastest this game has ever been completed as a tool-assisted speed run is four minutes and two seconds, which tells me that the four minute and nine second is that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good, especially when you have to dodge those bats and you're dodging the condors. And I can tell that there are times where they intentionally like, enter the screen, like the flip screen part of it. They'll do it at a specific time to ensure the condor will not hit them if they just run straight across. Yeah. But, yes, it's uh, it's a game that can be completed, to Tyler's point, in four minutes if you're an efficient speedrunner, or ten minutes, even if you're not. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, Jay, that brings us to the end of the show. I think we should thank our guest. We should. It's great having him on again. It is always oh, thanks, a pleasure. Robbie. Yes. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I said thanks, Robbie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> No problem, Pitfighter fighter rules. (laughs) God. (laughs) He knows knows that's not true. Anyway, no, thank you for joining us as always, Tyler. I really do appreciate it. Uh, You know, obviously, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you, that would be wonderful. Not that they shouldn't. all already know.
1: I'm Default gen Default G-E-N. I'm on the Instagram or the Video Game Stage. I also have a podcast, the Collector's Quest podcast. We talk about video games, and my co-host Johnny doesn't like Atari games so there won't be any of that.
0: Johnny likes a select few Atari games and he and I seem to have very similar taste in those games I think.
1: If uh, dude he has never talked about it with me. Johnny, you want to talk about like Mega Mania? Mega Mania rules.
0: <laughs> the original Mega Mania? Yeah. First I wonder if there's a, Mega Man. I wonder if there's Yeah, that's the first appearance of Mega Man. You just put the sticker over the IA and it's the first appearance of Mega Man. I love I, that joke. It's it's the best one. I wonder if there's a, a Activision patch for Mega Mania.
1: There sure has to.
0: be. There's got to be, right? So I,
1: for as a collector who also likes Atari, I don't know why I'm not interested in the Activision patches, but it's just never been something that interests me.
0: I, it just was something that I thought was I thought was so fascinating at that age, and I never had one. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this, and I'm like, I don't have a camera. I couldn't even get started. First, I could get the scores. Like, oh, sure, you know, okay, I can figure this out. I can muddle my way through 99,000 points in Pitfall 2. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I didn't have a camera. So anyway, I just I, I think they're interesting. So is there anything else you want to talk I, about? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I, I don't know how much you want to replay uh, or relive your childhood, but David Crane's latest game, Circus Convoy, uh, for the company that he just made like a year or two ago. If you get a high score in that, he will send you a patch.
0: But that means I'd have to buy and play Circus Convoy, doesn't it?
1: Uh, what <laughs> you like Atari game? It's like it's like made with modern design sensibility, so it's like an awesome Atari
0: game. Yeah, I might have to try that out. Indeed. I might have to do right. that just for the show. I'll have to get a Patreon. They can fund that. There you go. <laughs> I'll make Jay pay for it. Fuck it. Shit. <laughs> That's right. Circus Canyon or whatever it's called. I can't even remember now. I'll look it up. David Crane's also very active on Twitter, by the way. Yes. David Crane is active on Twitter and David Crane actually at one point responded to somebody to talk all about the technical details of the, the the DPC he was like, oh, yeah, and, or the development process and stuff behind Pitfall 2. And then, of course, I was asking all these follow-up questions and there's nothing. He actually also posted on, uh, was it, I, I can't remember if it was Atari Age or one of those forums he got on there and gave a big, long dissertation like an engineer would about the technology behind the DPC as yeah. well. So it was pretty interesting, but
1: kind of I'm cool. sure he's pretty fucking proud of making his own shit for his Atari game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might be right. So, yeah, uh, uh, Kalen, Milwaukee Retro Gamer, says it's the Mega Maniacs patch for Mega Mania. So I need to get that game and then defeat it and then buy a patch to award myself the achievement. Much like I did with Pitfall 2. So if anybody, one thing I wanted to backtrack on.
2: So earlier, I'm sure if you were watching live, you saw me pick up my phone. Um, I did read on the back of the warranty card where you can get the patch. There's an 800 number on there. Don't call it. It's a porn line
0: or, do or call, call it because it's a porn yeah. line i guess yeah. that's a pretty yeah so did you just cost yourself like $3.95 for that first minute no it okay, was it's it started talking and i'm like Ooh, so i hung up should have i should have just patched it in here i'm not doing that no not now no. all right all right we, well, we'd have to pay for that no, yeah i'm yeah, sure just like we're supposed then to we pay that we need the patreon yeah then we yeah just like we're supposed to pay for the 8 bit man eater song we use what Anyway, if we start making money, we
2: might have to. <laughs> We're not well, going to. Don't worry. I hope he's not
0: holding his breath. There's no there's there's no chance of that ever happening, so we have nothing to worry about there. Anyway. All right. Tyler again. Thank you so much for joining us. I we really appreciate it. And we appreciate everything that you do for the show. Appreciate you giving us a channel on your on your uh, Discord. And 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 in in promoting us more than we do ourselves at times, I think. So you know, I do. I, we really do appreciate that, and 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 Johnny as well. I know Johnny does as well. So, anyway. And the show is great. Their show is great. I agree. This show is great. So what's no, you theirs,
2: say? theirs, their show. Oh, I've never listened to that. <laughs> their show's great. I don't know. It really is. So. I don't know anything about it. If anybody happens to listen, which ninety percent of our listenership is from Collector's Quest, yeah. but.
0: Anybody not from Collectors Quest listens, listen to Collectors yeah. Quest. So now that we're pushing three hours, we might want to wrap up. No, I'm going to keep talking. Okay, cool. I just well, did why my second win. Get, hit the wrap ups button here. You need to wrap that shit up. Wrap that gavel up. Wish you had you a guys wrap saw up.
1: that Mario trailer that just
0: dropped? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the one with Jack Black and he's the, he's Bowser, and <laughs> they talk about the the Penguins are there, and it's got the Guardians of the Galaxy Road, dude. guy. Dude, this going to
1: be Rainbow Road in the movie. Oh my god! Can
0: you believe it? Can you believe it? Who do,
2: who's who voices Toad? I don't know. We should look that up while we're doing this. I don't I want to be done. No, you
0: don't. So, Jay, where can the people listening to us now find us?
2: Do you know we have a link tree? You
0: yeah, made it. I do know. Yeah. If anybody knew it was me. Yeah. I was the first to know. But now it belongs to the world. It does. <laughs> so. So our link tree
2: is linkeder. Yes. E yes. Forward slash lost joystick that's correct and if you don't want to go to link tree or the linkter you yeah, if can, you want uh, to
0: find all these things individually make your life much more difficult yes. here's how you get to them on their own
2: yes you can go to instagram and twitter is lost joystick facebook and twitch is lost joystick network and of course we have our email which is info at lost joystick correct and then we also have our voicemail at anchor which our friend Jackson from Two Consoles Too Late leaves us voicemails
0: on periodically. Yep, and you can too. We leave him a voicemail. You keep saying that, but I don't think you know how to do it. I don't know, and you keep saying, we'll do it later. <laughs> well, if we didn't, if we weren't wrapping up at midnight, I'd say let's do it now, but I'm pretty tired.
2: Excuses, excuses,
0: excuses. I've been sitting here waiting for you excuses to end like the assholes. show for three hours. I'm an asshole. <laughs> anyway, all right. Tyler, once again, thank you for joining us. It's the we, third time you're thanking me. Just I know. No. You're really I'll, bad at wrapping I'm trying to wrap it up, but Jay won't let me. <laughs> I like how I always get I just blamed. Wanted, I just want to recognize that you're still there before we end the show. So, Tyler, thanks for being there. Apparently, always will be. <laughs> In the background, this show is not ending. Uh, no, I'm ending it now. <laughs> so, with that, I will say... Go out there, have fun, play your games, be safe, and be excellent to each other.